Author of Hidden History, Crimes and Cover-Ups in American Politics, 1776 to 1963, and Survival of the Richest, Donald Jeffries separates the real from the unreal. Fact from fiction. Fact from fiction. Reverse engineering our manufactured reality. And now, from just outside the swamp-infested Washington, D.C., this is I Protest with Donald Jeffries. And welcome to I Protest. This is Donald Jeffries coming to you every Friday we do as we do at this time. Very special guest today. We only have him for 30 minutes, but it's going to be an exciting 30 minutes. John Whitehead is a constitutional attorney. He's the founder and president of the Rutherford Institute. They do great work. His most recent books are the best-selling Battlefield America, The War on the American People, and A Government of Wolves, The Emerging American Police State. As you can tell, he's a man after my own heart. He even writes for uh, American Free Press on occasion. So, John, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on, sir. Well, it's you know it's it's my pleasure. I've admired your work for a long time. So, how did you uh, you said you've been doing this off air for forty one years or whatever? So, how did you get as as an attorney? How did you were you always a civil libertarian like I was, or did you gravitate towards this because of what's been going on in the country? Well, I was a civil libertarian in uh, law school uh, and uh, worked with the ACLU in the early days when they were much more broader. And um, finally, I had all these people coming to me for help, and I didn't, I couldn't. Uh, forward to help them. So I said, I need to start an organization and we will raise the money to defend them. And that's how the Rutherford Institute started in 1982. And uh, I've defended, believe you, every right-wing, left-wing person, as long as the Constitution involved. And uh, I mean, I'll step in there and fight for free speech. I'm trying to keep free speech alive, which the government and our society (laughs) and the schools, they're trying to wipe it out. They don't want people to number one, think today. And I keep telling these people, if you shut free speech down, it's what George Orwell said, uh, you won't be able to think. Uh, Philip K. Dick said, and you change the meanings of words or do away with words, uh, controlling words controls people. So I'm saying give every viewpoint an avenue out there, communicate with one another, argue, you know, don't punch each other in the face, but at least make people think. And today, uh, when I talk to uh, uh, young lawyers, by the way, they can't tell me what's in the Bill of Rights anymore, what's in the First Amendment. I talk to kids coming out of public schools, they don't even know what the Declaration of Independence is. And the reason yeah. is that preamble of the Declaration of Independence says if you don't like the government, then throw it out. And right. they, don't want people, they don't want rebels today, <laughs> you know. And uh, no, re- no government basically has ever really wanted rebels, but rebels are the people who keep society alive. And that's People like you, Don, who, who just say, I'm going to do it no matter what you say, and I'm going to keep moving forward. And yeah. that's the way you way you uh, change for good. And uh, the more rebels we have, the better. And that's what I've been trying to do all my life is get people thinking and say, hey, wait a second here. Should the government be watching everything I'm doing today and tracking me? Well, not according to the Fourth Amendment, which says they are not supposed to be doing surveillance on you unless they have evidence of a crime. But, you know, with the way surveillance is going today, you know, the uh, 85 billion million uh, cameras now in the United States across the, the nation, the average Americans is uh, recorded up to 50 times a day now. And Google tracking us, our movements, and uh, the, the large corporations like Google and Microsoft now maintain the intelligence cloud for all 17 intelligence agencies of the United States. So what we have is basically what's been called the deep state. And 
the corporate state and the corporations work with them. And listen, everything you're doing is being wise. I, but way back, I'd say about 15 years ago, I was meeting with a former government agent who came to see me. He said, I've read your stuff. I agree with you. Where should you think? Here's the thing that really, really kind of bothered me. He said, let me see your phone there. He unhooked the landline at that time and unhooked it and put it on the, put it on the table in front of me. I said, they can listen on your landline. He said, John, they've been listening on the landlines for years. Now with cell phones, the FBI admits they can turn your cell phone when it's off and listen to you, turn your laptop on, watch, mm -hmm. and they watch everything, by the way. So, ladies and gentlemen, time to wake up and fight back against this and start fighting back in your local communities to cut down all the surveillance and some of the other atrocities we're seeing perpetrated on the American people. Well, it's and, and I sure <clears throat> when you began doing this, things were a lot different. I mean, things have really oh, yeah. evolved, I guess you'd say, in, in the last uh, five to ten years, especially. And we're just we seem to be really picking up speed. It's a warp speed tyranny or whatever. I, are you amazed? As I I I was watching uh, just a clip from Tucker Carlson. I'm I'm amazed at Tucker Carlson's work he does. Sometimes it's really incredible. Uh, I, I know of his background, but he's sounding more and more like a civil libertarian for whatever reason. But he, yeah. he she was showing highlights of uh, some federal judge that was uh, going up for approval to be a federal judge. And one of the Republican senators asked her to explain the uh, the first art. No, was it the, the fifth article of the, the Constitution? And she had no idea what it was. And then he asked her to explain the second article. And, and this woman was up for and he made his point. But. The point is that this, it doesn't matter if somebody at that level, I mean, I would be surprised if maybe some of the latest uh, Supreme Court justice appointments was the woman they just appointed. I, I I think she probably doesn't know those articles either. How did we get at this point where we have judges like that that are, that are politicized and don't even know the Constitution they're allegedly supposed to uh, uphold? Gee, so you only do uh, surveys on the American people. American people can't. Well, we know they don't know. Yeah. Listen, the, the public education system, which I call indoctrination centers. By the way, I have a science fiction novel called The Eric Blair Diaries, which goes into yeah. all these theories and projects yeah. of the future. But uh, the public schools are indoctrination centers, essentially. They're there to indoctrinate and create a perception of reality that's not there. In other words, and what Einstein and all the great philosophers show. What we perceive to be true is true to us, but it's not really true uh, in many instances. So, that, again, that's why you need people barking at you and going, wait a second here. What you say is not right. What you not, you know, fight this. What are you doing this? And uh, if we have a constitution that protects us, we, we've got to go with that philosophy of the great James Madison who wrote our Bill of Rights. He said we ought to mistrust all those in power. If you trust your government officials, you're a fool. And I'll just say it clearly. Do not trust government officials. I've been I've sued in and out of Washington, D.C. for over 40 years. It's the most corrupt place I've ever been in my life. And uh, let me tell you another thing. There have been some really good studies. Princeton University did a study where money congregating in the United States, the billionaires. And they came to the conclusion that Washington, D.C. is run by 385 billionaires. They call, call them the oligarchic elite. And they say they get everything they want. That's the law of deep state. There was a study out of SMU, by the way, that's, that actually tried to find out where psychopaths congregated. And where do you think that's at? 
Congress? <laughs> Washington, D.C. Yeah, exactly. We're run by a bunch of psychopathic people who yeah. care not about, they have no empathy for humanity. And they want money, they want power, they want uh, the flights, you know. I remember when people used to complain that Nancy Pelosi and people like that got flowers on their desk every day and free water and all this stuff and free trips and golf trips and whatever. When I read that presidents are golfing 150 uh, days a, a year, I'm going, wait a second here. Did we elect them to golf or elect them to be a leader? No, they're not leaders. You know, they're, they're basically people that are run by the deep state. And that's where it's at. If you don't do what they want you to do, and you know this, when you have a uh, John F. Kennedy says, I'm going to take the CIA or the intelligence, throw them to the winds and all the other things he was saying, he was putting a gun to his head called the government gun. And it's if you're they're there to make sure that this the so-called oligarchic psychopathic elite that no one of anybody with any brains or values takes over the government. So, but here's the key. Our 10th Amendment to our Constitution says that local governments can nullify acts of the federal government. Whoa, we the people are the government. If you can get your local communities involved, get together and start fighting back against this, you can make an impact. But here's another problem we're facing. The average American watches 150 hours of screen devices uh, a month. All people do is sit and watch now. And as we know, and Carl Bernstein told us this, Bernstein Woodward, who exposed Nixon, the major media, Bernstein said he was shocked when he saw government agents working with the New York Times, CBS, and all those groups, and other all the networks, by the way, embedding their articles. He said, it's run by the government. We don't have a free press. We're being indoctrinated. And that's the key. I don't watch any of the mainstream media. I'm sorry. I don't watch any of that stuff. I do my own research. I want to think. If you want to be free or do you want, listen, folks, I can ask this question. Do you want to be a slave? Just sit there and then pretend you're free? Or here's what you do. If you, if, you're a fight, if you fight back against this, and I've seen it so many times, you're going to get kicked in the head. That's why you have a Rutherford Institute. We're there to help people fight back against the system that we have. And that's the only hope we have if the American people get up and do something. And I'm just, I'm, I'm praying that they will do that. Well, tell us exactly. Sure. And, and well, yeah, you, you and me both, but uh, tell us exactly what the Rutherford Institute does as opposed to maybe what it always did. Did you, do you represent people legally? Uh, do you, what, what exactly does the Rutherford Institute do? Yeah, we represent a number of people legally. We do, uh, Briefs with the Supreme Court, probably 20 a year at least. We, we, we work with every group across the spectrum if it's a constitutional issue. Uh, we have cases. We stand up for free speech. We just defended uh, two guys in Florida, uh, which <laughs> uh, some people didn't like this case. But I told them, listen, if you've heard of Lenny Bruce, you'll like it. Uh, mm -hmm. They got out in front of a government building and with T-shirts and signs that said F, F-U-C-K, the government. F Trump, F Biden, they went down the list. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they were fighting. <laughs> they were threatened with arrest. That's good. And uh, yeah. they came to us for help. We sued and won the case from free speech grounds. Mm -hmm. And it's just like Lenny Bruce okay. said, the great comedian who was badgered to death. And again, Matt Henhoff, the great libertarian, actually sat yeah. in his hotel room and encouraged him and covered his trial. 
Bruce says, if you can't say the word F, you can't say word F the government. And that's at a point right. you've got to say that. We're not going to put up with this stuff anymore. And we're going to stand up and fight back. But here's the big over the horizon what's coming. And wake up, folks. And go to Rutherford's website. Rutherford.org is a good place to go to get some information on this. A, the, the, the idea of singularity, which the robotic AI systems of Google, Microsoft, all that, they're, they're supposedly going to merge with the human mind and surpass it in 2030. Mm-hmm. Now, we're moving into a robot age. Elon Musk said it, basically. He said, I've been trying to warn people, but they won't get it until... They see the robots coming down the street at armed robots. And police now, local police are using armed robots, dogs across. They have guns with these robot dogs. They go to doors now and bang on a door, and you open the door, and there stands the robot dog. That's already started, folks. Once that's started, we're down the wrong path. So, uh, and the Pentagon has issued a 2030 video, and I've told people we've written about this, where they warn and they train their troops and the police, by the way, local police in Quantico, uh, Virginia, where they train police chiefs that by they think by 2030 this country's going to crack or before, and they're going to have to issue martial law. They're training for that. And that's why you see all the armored police and all the stuff we see today. I mean, listen, I grew up in the 1960s. The police wore brown uniforms. My local police that I knew in Illinois where I grew up didn't even carry a gun. Today, you see mm-hmm. police, they're carrying sniper rifles, armed vests. They're dressed like Darth Vader in black. It's a scary scenario, but in the schools and like in society, it's treated as, oh, normal, go ahead. 80,000 yeah. to 100,000 SWAT team raised annually in America where they're busting yeah. through doors. Shooting, yeah. I mean, veterans are shooting. They've shot veterans in their homes who are defending their family. And they yeah. didn't commit a crime. They were doing a sweep in Arizona looking for marijuana in this neighborhood. They crashed through the middle of the night through this veteran's door. He grabbed a rifle, put his wife and kid behind him. So at the end of his hallway, he thought they were burglars. It was the cops. They shot him 70 times yeah. and killed him. No marijuana was found in his home. Oh, and, of course, the marijuana is another stupid thing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're shooting people over... Yeah. Pot. I mean, it's ridiculous. And that's we've allowed that to happen in this country. Well, that means that we're idiotic if we've allowed that. Yeah. Part of being idiotic. I want people to stand up. And well, that say, must be that. Back against this. Yeah, well, that must be. Well, we we it's very we way past that. We should have been doing it a long time ago. But you you've been doing this for so long. I mean, I remember at the time being a, before the Internet, I didn't have any platform or anything, but. Books were published that uh, when, for instance, when they uh, came up with the uh, the unconstitutional uh, checkpoints for drunk drivers, I remember saying, you know, this this is a terrible behavior. You're violating it. You can't. Well, we have to catch drunk drivers. Like what? You know what? Do you do? And it was it was uh, very much like the the no uh, the no knock SWAT team raids. And ironically, what did you think when they finally got in the news when they they did a raid on Trump's Mar-a-Lago and briefly. Republicans great about it, wanted to abolish the FBI. I said, well, that would be a great thing. But what do you, I mean, that, all that talk has stopped, but these are the same people that pre- presumably love the no-knock raids that shot the wrong, went to the wrong house and looking for drugs typically and shot the wrong people like the guy you mentioned. I mean, we, we didn't get here accidentally. This was kind of an incremental thing, but every time people like you, 
were protesting it through the Rutherford Institute. I was whatever, just basically ranting and raving to friends. But there weren't enough of us, were there? Because we were outnumbered, and now it's where the situation where it is. And how do you how do you undo all this machinery that has been built in now? Yeah, very, very. Uh, you know, Edward Snowden said about three or four months ago, I mean, in an interview in Russia, that he was shocked at China's influence in the world, especially the United States. China now has a police station in New York City where they track people who have left China, journalists, and they want to capture them. <laughs> wow. I was going, wait a second, this is the land of the free? <laughs> We're allowing a government like that to have a agency where they're grabbing journalists? Uh, I mean, what in the world? I mean, we had a decent president. He would throw that out of the country and say, none of that crap's going to happen in the United States. Uh, but here's the other thing we're seeing, and I'm seeing it very clearly. We're moving toward that global, what we're seeing over in Davos now is global government. We're moving toward that. And uh, right. the NSA, for years, I've warned people about this 20 years ago. The NSA had already, when the internet popped open, they uh, established bases all over the world, and they meet with 17 countries annually, and they have a worldwide now uh, surveillance system. They watch you wherever you go, whatever country you go. They can track you whatever you do. And I've heard people say, well, I'm going out in the woods. I'm getting away from it. I say, if you take your cell phone or your laptop, no, you're not getting away from it. With the drones today, the drones today, and again, I protested the drones back about 10 years ago when I first saw them pop. And uh, I got the first piece of, yeah. I wrote the first piece of legislation that was passed against drones. Two miles overhead, drones now can read your face and track you. Listen, inside your homes, it doesn't matter, folks. The, they're listening to everything you're doing. Uh, if your cell phone's even near you and it's off, like I say, that they can turn it on. And when they want to crash through your door, they do it. And the judges allow it, like you said. Uh, the judges, they just, yeah. I like the police, you know, and all that. Well, I like police okay, too. I've defended a lot of cops, by the way. But I have a lot of cops coming to me now that are freaked by it. I had one local policeman call me and said, no more SWAT team raids in my, in my district, John. I'll tell you why. He said, I, I didn't, at first I thought you were a little off, but now I agree with you. He said during a raid, one of his uh, SWAT team cops put an uh, AK-47 to a four-year-old kid's head. He said, we've become, <sighs> we've got And I've talked to people who work in uh, police academies and the first thing they say is we're training them militarily now so that the american citizen is now the enemy combatant and listen i've had cases where people have been drug out of their homes they say why are they so agitated the police because on their phones now they have apps they can go back and, and get 30 days of all your what you've done on the internet in two minutes and have it analyzed and they can look at what's he said is he own a gun? And here's the other thing most people don't realize. The Department of Homeland Security does threat assessments on all homes in America. They go from green to red. If you own a weapon, you've been arrested, you're a red. And they're watching you. And now they're doing these, uh, telling people in their communities to watch each other. And that's happening. It's just COVID environment. I mean, they're having community watchers now. And uh, they're calling people, getting welfare checks on people. All you have to do today is call the police department and say, oh, I think this guy down the block, this John Whitehead, has gone crazy. I think I saw him with a gun on his porch and he was aiming at people. Yeah. 
night, you'll probably get killed. Yeah. Or get dug out of your home and put into a cycle. These are happening, folks. Like I said, 80 to 100,000 times a year annually in America. Listen, plot team raids in the 1980s for 3,000 annually. Why in the world do we need all these raids? When, by the way, two years ago, the FBI issues a report saying crime in, in America has dropped radically. The American citizen overall is not very criminal or violent. So why in the world all the raids? Because they want to control you. They want you to be afraid of them. Fear is the way they control people. And I guarantee you, people in America, they are frightful people. If a policeman holds up behind you, I always say this. If you're afraid, you're not in a free country. If that, if that, if that's, if you have fear in you of government right. officials, you do not live in a free country. So what does that mean? Like I say, enforce the 10th Amendment and get your local government saying, we're getting rid of the SWAT team races. Some, some communities have done that. They've sent back all that equipment the police have today back to D.C. where it came from. And why would the uh, Department of Homeland Security be sending, like I said, all this uh, sniper rifles, MRAPs, which are tanks on tires to local communities of 5,000 people? They want a standing army on American soil. And guess what George Washington said? Do not have a standing army on American soil. That's what the American Revolution yeah. is faced. They warned not to do it again. Well, folks, we already have it. Yeah, I mean, now we have this militarized police, and it's very uh, – I love what you're talking about because very few people talk about this. We still have police worship in the country unless it becomes during the BLM riots where it was uh, – they could have – that could have been effective if they'd pointed out. But there was – it was just overwhelming uh, police are racist. Don't arrest any black people. That's basically what it became. Instead of, look, what are they doing? They're out of control, policing for profit and all that. They don't talk about that. What did you think of the case that's out there now – where you had, and it'll get, I don't think it'll get much publicity because they can't make anything out of it. It's a black guy was shot, apparently, apparently a motorist or something by five black cops. Uh, have you heard that recently? I, I forget his name. People have been sending me yeah, that. Yeah, but I hear it all very the time. Recently. I mean, and, we've had a number of cases yeah. where we involved where uh, a fellow's on the street corner holding his phone up, trying to get a cab. And the police start yelling at him. He turns to the yeah. phone. They think it's a gun. Yeah. They yeah. shot him. This, these cases are happening all over the country. It isn't just one local. It's This yeah. is a, yeah. a national epidemic. If you're standing the wrong way, I mean, they've been doing the knock and talk. So they go to people's doors to bill of night and bang on their name. Uh, old man, listen, 70-some-year-old man comes to the window with a his umbrella. Because he doesn't know who it is. He wants or a cane. They shoot him through yeah. the window. But, you know, they get qualified immunity yeah. in the courts. We've had cases where people have been ripped out of their homes, taken to places, and they haven't done anything. We won the case, and then we appeal to get some kind of monetary thing for what happened to them, and the courts rule the police have qualified immunity. They're just doing their job. Well, is that their job to terrify yeah. the American people? Well, according to a lot of courts, it is. And, uh, boy, if we don't stop this soon, I mean, we're looking – listen. We're moving into a, like a Nazi state. We're moving into a very fascist system. You know, fascism is was uh, what uh, Benito Mussolini, the Italian fascist, he was worshipped by uh, Hitler and all of them. He called it corporatism. When the corporations move mm -hmm. in and work with the government, everything becomes about one thing, money. We want your money. And why do you think the average American has trouble getting to these days 
affording to live their lives without going into debt because they're overtaxed. And you've got a crazy American government that's over $300 trillion in debt. $300 billion uh, we pay on interest every year. We're, we're paying for the government to run up all these bills. Listen, if I ran my organization like that, ran it into debt, I'd get fired. But we, how, how do we fire the people in Washington, D.C.? That's yeah. the question. Well, we did. We just gave a giant thumbs up to him. I, I said, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's probably would be much sadder to think there, there wasn't widespread electoral fraud because the people, this is the worst economy I've ever seen. Uh, things are, you know, falling, the, the southern border is wide open. The infrastructure remains untouched after 60 years. Everything's collapsing. What corruption at all levels, the systemic, politicized legal system, a terrible medical industrial complex. Everything about this country is a banana republic now. The people supposedly had a right to change that. They just, there was less turnover in this last election in a midterm than, I don't know how long, the first time since 1913, not a single, or 1914, not a single U.S. senator incumbent was defeated. So if that was real, they gave a giant thumbs up to all this. I mean, so what do you, do you think that we're dealing, I know we're dealing with mass stupidity on the part of the public and that they don't know this or they don't care. They don't, it doesn't mean that much because it didn't happen to them. If they haven't had a no-knock raid where somebody in their family was shot accidentally looking for marijuana, uh, then it would mean something, I think. But if, if it isn't, they don't care. It didn't happen to them. But do you think it's just apathy and stu stupidity in the public? Or how much is the corruption involved as well? Listen, we, this is a country that's morally depraved. There is no empathy for other human beings anymore. We don't seem to care. Um Kids today are being taught on their phones to cancel somebody if they say the wrong word, political correctness. Uh, AI, by the way, I'm just warning people here. And again, you've mentioned my books, Battlefield America being the one probably, goes into all the AI stuff. Yeah. AI is robots telling people basically what to do, what to think. It's running the system. And by 2030, it's going to overtake the system. Uh, you got Elon Musk Neuralink, which fits in the, into your brain and will connect you to a computer. What do you think that's going to do <laughs> to people? And people are loving it. The metaverse and all that stuff they're talking about with Facebook, uh, going into a non-real world and living there. If you haven't seen the movie The Matrix, you've missed it. We, we're moving into The Matrix. In my opinion, most people are already there. We're living in a false reality. And we have no concern for other individuals anymore. And I, I, that's what uh, the Ruth Institute's about. And I believe we need to care for one another. People say, what's our purpose on this planet? To care for one another, human beings. And that means fighting against government. Listen, the Ruth Institute was named after a guy named Samuel Rutherford. who wrote a book called Lex Rex, Challenging the English Hierarchy, the Royal Family and all that, saying that basically they needed to be the, treated the same way we are no, and they don't need to be royal or all this stuff. It was burned in the streets of England. They were coming to execute him, but he was an old man. He died before they could get to him. But I named the organization after that because I said, what a person who would take a stand like that knowing he would get executed. So it's going to take people like that that have guts, you know, intestinal fortitude. And I don't see anybody, yeah. young people I talk to today are so into uh, the cell phones and all that stuff. And I, it's digital heroin, basically. It has them 
totally addicted to what? <laughs> Who's giving the information on the cell phone? The corporate deep state is. And they're turning us all into like little slaves and we don't know it. And uh, listen, once it starts collapsing the system and it's liable to do that, there's a lot of economists saying that. The 2030 video the Pentagon put out said we're going to issue martial law. Well, they start doing that. They have the FEMA camps. I have been told by several former NSA agents, the FEMA camps have been built. They're ready. They're on military base. They're ready and they're go- they're, they're ready to put people there if they need to. And that may be coming too. We're facing folks a future that's crazy. I do believe this though. One person can change the world. We need people to stand up in their communities and say, we're not doing this anymore. We're, we're stopping the SWAT team raids. We're going to make our police follow the constitution. We're going to make our city council stop uh, overtaxing us and start helping this community be a better free community. We need to keep, keep America free and to make America free again. And that's what we need. Well, you're great work. And I know, I know you got to run in a minute, but uh, why don't you, before you do um, give out all your links and how everybody can find you, whatever, uh, whatever else you want to say in your last uh, minute or so on the show. Well, uh, we can go to rutherford.org, rutherford.org. We're a nonprofit. We exist off of donations. Uh, I would uh, read uh, some of the books there listed uh, that you've talked about, Battlefield America and that, and uh, get educated. Education precedes action, and that's what we need, an educated citizenry. And uh, listen, I think that we can do it if we get together and fight back in groups and local communities. Washington, D.C. is very corrupt, but you have a chance to do it in your community. Get educated and take action. Well, you're you're doing I you know you're doing yeoman's work, and I, I'm amazed you're not uh, <clears throat> more disillusioned. I get very disillusioned trying to deal with it, and especially dealing with the court system. My friend Lisa Belander, chat room, I'm sure she'd love to talk to you. She's dealing. She's a lawyer, and she's dealing with her own. And I've had people on this show that, at all levels, dealing with family court corruption and the municipal corruption. Oh, yeah. It's just it's corrupt from top to bottom. It's not it's not like, and you'll see it in the school boards. When you look at the people that are on the school boards, the tyrants, the attitudes, we're not going to let you talk. We're going to sick the cop on you in the court and we're going to end the meeting because you're questioning us. I mean, I mean, that's that's tyranny from top to bottom. It's not just Congress. Yeah, I agree. It's happening all the time. I say you could, but it takes people in their local communities to go to the school board meetings and say, we're about putting up with this stuff. And they don't like a lot of people getting together in groups and protesting. That does work. No, do you, before you go, do you see there's a question on the screen for you? Can you see that question from Kat about your it wants to know about your opinion about everybody needs to know who's your local sheriff and the local judges. They have more power than people realize. Oh, yes, they do. I mean, there are sheriffs across the country that I really think is a good idea saying we're not going to enforce unconstitutional actions. We're not going to be doing this. We're going to stand by the Constitution. That's what we need. And uh, you need to get, get in those public schools and and. and Get them to stop censoring people. Make people think. Teach your kids about the Constitution, folks. That's where you start. We have a Bill of Rights pamphlet, by the way. I'll show it to you right here. You can go online and get it. Teach your kids the Bill of Rights at home. And uh, a few more rebels. Maybe we can make a difference in this country. 
Absolutely. I, well, you're certainly doing everything you can to make a distance, difference. John Whitehead of the Rutherford Institute, thanks so much. And we'll have to have you back on when you, you can stay longer. Thank you, sir. Thank you, John. Okay, I hope you guys like that. And uh, we're going to have, I think, uh, Chris Graves, if you're in the, I saw you in the Rockman chat for a while. If you're there still, we're going to have Chris on to discuss some uh, more things. I wanted to get, I've been wanting to get uh, John Rutherford. I, I, I wish I could have gotten him for longer. Hopefully we'll get him <clears throat> for longer than that the next time. But uh, there are many people focusing on that kind of stuff now. You know, I do. You hear me talk about uh, police, especially in, in uh, this kind of corruption. But uh, I, I don't think it can be stated enough that we cross so many lines. I talk about this in my writing where we're crossing lines and moral boundaries over and over again just in my lifetime. But uh, those, the no-knock SWAT raids, which became popular, I guess, in the 80s or the 90s, uh, when we started allowing that, police really became something different. I mean, police could be irritating in the old days, you know, especially if you drive through a small town or whatever, and maybe they'd, they're corrupt, they wanted to give you a ticket or something. But uh, it went beyond that when we started giving them some of this military-grade equipment and we started militarizing them and giving them great, you know, really powerful weapons and giving them the authority to violate the Fourth Amendment, which uh, protects us from against uh, unreasonable search and seizure. And they just started stopping people in the crusade against drunk driving. And I, I feel very strongly about that as a, uh, <laughs> as a former drunk driver who was often mad at mad others. I'm sorry, I was. Um, they, uh, they took it way too far and they punished a lot of people that, uh, you know, excessively and when they, they use that fear tactic to uh, start stopping cars indiscriminately, it seems something very wrong there. It's a violation. And, and uh, I remember very few people back then. So um, that, uh, you know, that were opposed to it. And I, and I was sitting there saying, you know, God, it was, where, where's this country going? Even back then, you talked about probably the nineties, William Hale from Sydney, Australia. Good to see you, mate. We don't have the Bill of Rights, so it's mind-boggling to see why people there don't simply apply it. At least here, I can understand why. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. We don't, you know, we have this great thing, the Bill of Rights, and uh, but they don't apply. But they've convinced people. I get to talk to John about that. One of the things I, I was talking about with uh, Cindy Sheehan today, my friend, the international peace activist on Substack, uh, where you know once they convinced people that there was such a thing as hate speech. And again, I and everybody on the left is convinced that they keep talking about as if they're first of all. It's a human. You can't legalize an emotion. Hate is a human emotion. So when they came up with hate speech, what they really meant was thought crime. Um, and so it's called thought crime because that's what it is. When they start, you can't. How do you codify what hate is? I mean, what everybody hates something. So and and you know, if you get angry, if you're just angry at something, aren't you? That's kind of coming maybe from a, a point of hatred, right? You can't possibly criminalize that. And when you do that, that opens the door again to so many, because who's going to decide what it is? You can't, what's the legal definition of hate speech? You can't do it. Something which offends, but it, but it doesn't work. It offends a group of people or something, but you know, it's never going to be, you know, if white people are offended or straight white males or a Christian fundamentalists, it's never going to apply to them. So you can't have that. Um, Looking, you're trying to put, uh, and there's our other Australian, Australian Ben. Good to see you. 
what percent of people were willing to take the transhumanism digital upgrade when it's available? Yeah, Ben, I'd like to say uh, not many, but uh, <laughs> I, I think it, uh, unfortunately, there'll probably be a huge percentage because, again, just look at how many people took the uh, this vaccine and are still taking it with all that we know about it. My book on, the, on that is just about done. And uh, uh, so we'll have that, uh, you know, getting out there soon. But I, again, I keep running like this this thing. I don't know if you guys saw it. The uh, fascinating video from Project Veritas. I mean, they, they just come up with some great stuff. But uh, this guy, uh, apparently a black gay guy who was a, a big executive at Pfizer, uh, confessing, you know, in this video to how they may be, you know, that they may, uh, they're talking about mutating COVID and whatever COVID is so that they can make it more potent and come up with uh, more vaccines. Um, thank you, Kat. She said, excellent guest. Thank you. First time. Have a great weekend. Nice weekend. You too. But um, so that's incredible enough. And he said all kinds of things, you know, don't talk about it. We can't make the point. But then when uh, James O'Keefe, the president of who I'd love to get on this show, but he's, you know, he's too big. He doesn't answer me. He, uh, he confronted this guy in a restaurant and you have to see the video. I mean, it's it shows you what we're dealing with. I mean, this guy went, he he was like something at a padded room. He was at the end, he was like squirming around on the floor. He went nuts. He knocked an iPad to the ground. He was screaming. Everybody lies on a date. I was lying to impress a date. Uh, you know, and uh then he's then he calls the cops on O'Keefe and and starts complaining there are too many white people in here. And then the restaurant people, he keeps saying, lock the door so we can't leave. The restaurant people lock the door. And again, I understand that's a felony, you know, to hold people in a, a public. But, uh, but that, and that's, again, that's what we're up against. The people, whoever it was running the restaurant, they instinctively went with the side of this Pfizer guy who was, uh, you know, obviously the villain here talking these things instead of O'Keefe. I don't know. I mean, maybe uh, he recognized O'Keefe and instinctively watching on the media uh, knew to go against it. Uh, they are the devil's servant, Chris Buck, and that's exactly true. And um, I'm looking over. I'm actually able to monitor. I figured out I have another computer. I'm putting the Rockfin chat on at the same time. So uh, if you guys want to ask questions or talk over there. I can monitor it better, but it doesn't, boy, it seems shockingly quiet over there today in the Rockfin chat. YouTube is much more uh, vocal than it. It's good to see Kat Goy here. She knows uh, certainly a lot about uh, local corruption and uh, has to have to deal with it herself. She says, when they came to the SWAT team to my house, I would have had a gun in my hand. I would, if I had, I would have been dead. It's usually smarter to survive. And fight. Well, that's true. And that that's the problem is if you have a gun, because even at best, if at best you can shoot them, I mean, you're going to be prosecuted for murder regardless. I mean, there's there's no extenuating circumstances whatsoever. They're, they're not, never going to allow that. And I see Chris Graves entering. Let me get Chris in here. There's the ever popular Chris Graves who's appearing on uh podcast far and wide. And he's back Thank on you, I sir. protest. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you're a, you're a former uh, drunk driver, huh? All the skeletons. I'm a former drink. Well, I'm before you know. I was a uh, I was a uh, a pathfinder there. Look, I mean, I again, <laughs> you have to you had to be alive back then to understand how drunk driving has changed over the years. I mean, I, I literally 
didn't even really think about crime in the seventies because it, it was so prevalent. And I can't tell you, my brother-in-law, he must've been arrested a dozen times. Of course, he's a lot older than me and the cops would drive him home. Yeah. I mean, that's all serious. So yeah. So when I, I got arrested, I mean, I got pulled over and I had never been pulled over by a cop before I was coming away from a party. If I had just peed, it's all I had to have done. If I'd been like Bobby Brown and peed in the back of a car, because I didn't realize that they were going to give me a breathalyzer. And if I had peed, I would have been under the limit. But I didn't do it because I, I was coming on from a party. I was in my apartment complex. I had been told the officer, my apartment's right there. So he didn't care about the safety of the public. He wanted to get a quota. And uh, before I knew it, he had the handcuffs on me. He never read me my Miranda rights, never had them read to me. And I was in the drunk tank before I knew it. And I said, I said what, what the hell? I, mean, I was so befuddled. And I certainly, I whatever alcohol I still had in me, I, I sobered up very quickly. And uh, it was a very sobering experience, to say the least. And uh, I uh, was one of the first... Uh, People they started a program in my state called ASAP, Alcohol Safety and Action Program. And what they did is that's when they, again, mothers against drunk divers were just coming out of the war. They would sit outside or inside courtrooms and pressure judges to throw the book at people like me. Uh, whereas they never, they didn't appear when it was an NFL player or some celebrity or something, or, you know, they, they were nowhere to be seen. But um, so they threw the book as much far as they could at me then. They made me go to these classes. And before that, you had to have, uh, they asked you a bunch of questions about your drinking. And I was honest with them. So I told them, yeah, my father's an alcoholic. So they instantly thought I was an alcoholic. So they made me go to another class where they lectured. And I only drank when I went out. I never drank at home. And I drank, I did drink to get drunk because I liked getting drunk, but I didn't drink alone ever. I had none of it, but they didn't care. They wanted me that. So, and for two years, I think it was two years, I could not afford car insurance. So I had to have the uninsured motorist fee. Oh, and thank yeah. goodness they had that. So if I'd gotten an accident, I wouldn't happen. But so anyway, I, I have very strong feelings about. Uh, so that was before they had the point system, right? Where on your insurance, they would uh, they'd raise the points where now you have to pay more, right? Yeah, well, they made it and they made it. Uh, well, I could have gotten it, but it was, it was I was a blue collar worker. You know, and uh, I would, it would have, I could not possibly have paid it. So right. uh, I, but luckily they had, I think, I think back then it was $250 a year, yeah. something like that. And uh, which was, you know, very affordable. So, okay. Uninsured motors. And, you know, I didn't worry about anything. Eh, what the hell? I'm not going to get, and, and I, it didn't really stop me from drinking when I drove. <laughs> I, I was a little more aware of, I tried to space it out more, you know, but uh, that was just. Yeah, when you say when you say like when you were drinking, like not, you weren't like uh, what we would think of today as drinking and driving, where you totally out of control. Like you feel like running people over, hitting mailboxes. No. It was you just yeah. had a couple of beers, and you may have been over their whatever limit they had. Yes, the I was over the. I was over the. I was party. I was at a party for hours, and I didn't pee because the bathroom was crowded when I left. If I had just right. peed, I wouldn't have been on. I would, and if I had been a celebrity or a rich guy, I would have known I could refuse to take the breathalyzer test. But I didn't know that. And I didn't know that I didn't know it was that big of I was just amazed. I was, what the hell is going on? And uh so, but you live and learn, and, and everybody in that class, they all we all used to go out and drink together after attending that alcohol class because that's what you felt like doing. <laughs> they were calling you that, you know. So uh yeah. so you know that that's but that's that's uh, you know, so I have a great affinity for people, and of course. And also people realize that the problem isn't as big as you think, because studying this, I found out, for instance, when they talk about uh, alcohol related crashes, 
Did you know that they basically, if anybody in the car is drinking, it's an yes. alcohol-related crash. So that you you can use a designated driver. So let's say you do the responsible thing. You're the drunk in the back seat, and you're responsible for all driving. Okay. So um, if if he gets in an accident or something, it's an alcohol-related crash because he had some some other drunk in the car that he was driving. Right. So again, the whole system. Yep. Yeah, the whole the whole system is is just uh, incredibly. <laughs> yeah, they're just. I mean, in, uh, you know. Well, I mean, for the most part, you know, they say they don't have a quota, but I mean, come on, you know, they ramped that stuff, that stuff oh, up towards the end of the month, you know? Absolutely. And again, it's just, it's so- just what I know of. Go ahead. No, 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 I cut you off. Sorry. What? No, well, no, what, what I know is, um, is that like when I was writing uh, Survival of the Riches, I uh, was talking about, I talked about that. Because of the fact that so many NFL players, especially, they're like a criminal and illegal immigrants. So you know, those are the two groups that get caught drunk driving all the time. Now, Obama, President Obama, during his administration, made it. He instructed law enforcement. He, he basically said, you are not to arrest uh, illegal immigrants for drunk driving, even if there's a fatality. So really? they could literally kill somebody. And that, that was, it was in his administration. You look it up. So they don't care about illegal and, and mothers against drunk drivers not a peep out of them. Nothing about it. It's, yeah. it's just, again, just the average burnout like I was, the average young party guy at the time. Then they're going after him. Uh, NFL players, when uh, there was a, a wide receiver uh, at the time called Dante Stallworth, very mediocre. You could shake a tree and a hundred of them would fall out. I mean, he was he was nothing special at all. He, he was not, he was just a mediocre player like so many of them are. So he wasn't a star. He wasn't Tom Brady. He killed and he was a hit and run. He oh. killed, I think, an illegal immigrant. It sounded like it, you know, that was coming out of work at night. Uh, hit and run, drunk driving, uh, ran, you know, fled from the scene. When they caught up to him, he could have faced 20 years in prison or something. Steady, he was was in prison for 20 days. And NFL teams tried to get him back again. They couldn't even make a statement against a crummy player that, okay, wow. we don't even want, you know, I can understand if it was a good player, maybe a little bit, but. So that show, and I wrote to Mothers Against Drunk Drivers, tried to get their comment, and I put their comments in Survival of the Richest. They were completely ridiculous. They, they, they claimed uh, they, you know, they would uh, be for a strict sentence, but then when he was sentenced to 20 days, their spokesman uh, issued uh, and said, "Oh, we're we're completely satisfied with this." These are the same people that would sit in courtroom if Dante Stallworth had been, you know, a crack dealer in the hood. <laughs> Uh, it would have been completely different. And so, you know, it's, 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 so anyway, I, that's what I feel about that. So I made the comment. I, I'm no longer a drunk driver. I don't, no, no, and I don't, I don't endorse drunk driving. Right. Way, right. But I, I was, was, was kind of like making a really bad yeah. joke or whatever, but to go back to what I had overheard, what you had said earlier, um, if people want, they, they should really look up, um, you know, in terms of the militarization of the police force in America, yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of that really began in full force as a result of the 1997 North Hollywood Bank shootout, because mm-hmm. they had these these uh, group of originally in the footage there was like four or five of these guys, but the official story, like we always know. They whittled it down to two guys in a heavily, uh, you remember the story, right, right, Don? He- heavy body Vaguely, armor. Yeah. 
the cops had to go to a raid like a, a, a local a gun store to be able to even like fire back at these guys. So they were like uh, supposedly uh, robbing the bank and they start, they took hostages at one point, but there were other, uh, there were other assailants and suspects that were also in body armor, but that got wiped away from the story. But because of that incident, cause they had, I'm telling you, they had like machine guns almost like, uh, and they were shooting at the cops and everything. And the cops didn't, weren't really used to, uh, you know, f uh, having to trade, uh, shots back and forth with um people that basically were dressed like paramilitary people you know so because mm -hmm. of that um that incident is usually used as the impetus for you know basically militarizing uh various police forces over the years um since and uh yeah so yeah, i hope i didn't put anyone to sleep with that but that yeah that well no well, that, and you know your history, obviously. And uh, uh, Chris Buchan says, "Mad is the ultimate Karens." I like that definition, Chris. <laughs> they are the ultimate. I bet you everybody in Mothers Against Drunk Drivers is, is vaccinated. I would bet the farm on it. And they probably were fully masked and socially. I'm guaranteeing you that. Uh, for our friend Australian Ben says the that's his name. Tyre uh, Tyre Nichols murder by the police is being released video they say it's worse than the footage of rodney king beating a state of emergency has been declared in various cities well we'll see then why this release is... the footage then why release well the yeah, exactly exactly what well, would it be interesting yeah. because i i you know i really would support riots in this case because uh this because they, i don't think they can make it a race issue since it's five black cops versus a black victim but somehow they probably will i don't know yeah. <laughs> there'll probably be some stupid white karen that'll show up and blame it on racism i don't know and they'll go with that. But, uh, you know, it's uh, it's very uh, and before I didn't want to really introduce you. So for people, especially that are listening, that will be listening to this uh, broadcast on rents, you know, Jeff rents uh, rebroadcast. So they might not be familiar with you. Chris uh, was uh, is a super researcher. He's one of the three searchers, as I call them, along with Peter C. Kosh and Bob Wilson. And uh, Chris is just uh now developed uh, some renown of his own, you know, in terms of being a super researcher. And he's got his own, he's got, I don't know, two or three different podcasts now. And uh, he's appearing all over the place. I, I wanted to make sure, did I leave anything out, Chris? Tell the audience about yourself. Yeah, you pretty much covered it, Don. Yeah, no, uh, number, first and foremost, just um, trying to get, uh, you know, decent research that, you know, was really buried and get it to this gentleman here uh, for his show and the books and the articles and everything. And uh, been doing that. I think I was doing that even before the lockdown. Yeah. Um, but before that, I just only heard Donald Jeffries on uh, interviews over the years, like on uh, down the rabbit hole and all these other shows. Um, but ever since, uh, yeah, I've been trying to find guests for him over the years and uh, happy to happy yeah, to do it. He sure has. Well, you've, you've done you've done great work, and he's a, he's a, a great resource. It's great. I, I need the three researchers at this point because it's uh, they make it really hard to do research yeah. now. These these search engines, the the censorship there is. Uh, is I, I heard that I don't know if you the the video I was talking about the Pfizer video, which everybody ought to just just for the entertainment value, especially when O'Keefe confronts the. I mean, it's it's the entertainment value is through the roof. I mean, it's it's hard to believe any of it's real. I mean, it's hard to believe that the the black guy is a Pfizer executive acting like that. I mean, yeah. to begin with. 
and uh, and then the restaurant owners want to lock O'Keefe in. I, I don't, but it's you gotta watch that thing because it, well, it's, it's kind of like what kind of like with Tucker, like uh, outing the CIA yeah. for Kennedy's murder. Um, what's yes. the play here? Yeah. Why would they fake no, that? And and, <laughs> and and Tucker is is stepping it up. He had a couple nights ago. He really went into depth on Epstein and asked yeah. questions about you know why and why where is the list and. He talked about the people in the in the, in the cell and the, and he criticized uh, you know, Trump's. I'm back and he's a part of that kind of like I, now we're yeah, gonna finally I, have the tribunals. We're gonna finally have the that would that way. I mean, I don't know you know because he also had a show with the CIA uh, talking about the CIA getting rid of Nixon. I mean, yeah. he's uh, a, a, at this red, point he's not this. Yeah, yeah. Well, he he. On, on Martin Luther King Day, he came right out and said, "Hey, I don't know who killed Martin Luther King, but it wasn't James O'Reilly." I mean, it's like that's some I would say, and I, I said, "You know what? I, I I never ever thought that I would hear uh, anything like that." But and we have Angry Tiger in the YouTube chat room. They obscure on on purpose, like he was. Yeah, I guess they do. I don't know what the hell they're doing, but it's great. And uh, we, uh, Chris and I, both talked to Angry Tiger, and he's he's now you know developing. Uh, 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 a voice, uh, which is great. We need more of these people. He's got, he had the, uh, the tiger's Tiger death. I, we were, you know, very, uh, flattered to be on the inaugural episode that he's got better graphics than I could even come up with a <clears throat> much better. He's got a roaring tiger thing, which is, uh, <clears throat> it's is great. He's got a Lee Van Cleef uh, soundbite. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, they they the, they the tucker. Coming up too. Yeah. They just had Jason Barker, uh, yeah. his cohort in uh, yeah, Jason Barker is another yeah, is it, yeah. You just Jason had Gar Goldsmith last night on the Fox. Speaking of Jason Barker, as if on cue, Jason Barker says hello, everyone from the Rockfin chat room. So good to see you, Jason. Rhonda Tate, Lisa Belanger, uh, Stephanie Hughes, people over there, with John Bassiglone, who is uh, I see him all the time in YouTube. The reason Tucker's saying these things because his handlers are lying to. Yeah, you know and that's what uh, that's what. Yeah, that, why? That's what Jeff Rents tells me all the time too. And you know, it's it's obviously that has to be true, but yeah, yeah what Chris is saying is why? Why? What are they? Because they are pushing, they're pushing more conspiracy talk at this point. And are, are they trying to pigeonhole it's it into like, like a Q part two in a way? Yeah, are they trying to pigeonhole it into the just the right wing crowd? I, I don't know. I, all like, I know are, is what he's saying there are good, are there are good guys behind the scenes, that kind of thing, like kind of bringing that back where, yeah. you know, we're going to have the yeah. perp walks with Hillary and all that again, you know, that type of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there, there's so many people that, you know, legitimately, sincerely believe that and they wanted to believe it so much. Because let's face it, I mean, they're, you talking about entertainment. They didn't have hope. Yeah. I, I yeah, never, they had uh, no hope, but I. Never made fun of the Q people. I mean, it would have been. No, I mean, it would. I mean, I can't think of anything too much more must see TV than watching Hillary Clinton in an orange jumpsuit during the perp walk. I mean, that would be fantastic. You know, yeah. I mean, that's, uh, you know, and, uh, but, you know, maybe give her a hundred lashes too. You know, I mean, it's just, it's just, these are, <laughs> these are career, these are, these are awful career criminals. But uh, yeah. so people love to hold on to any kind of hope and, you know, it's, but uh, I don't know what Tucker's doing, but all, all I know is that, especially when my pandemic book comes out, which is going to be very soon, I'm going to try to get it to them. So, you know, I, if he ever has me on there, folks, I'm not selling out. So I'm not going to, they're not going to be able to buy me. And, and so uh, if I, should, I, if he has me on there for I me, mean, cause he's, you know, he's had Naomi Wolf on. 
Yeah. He's had uh, he's had people I've had on this show. He's he's had there's a very there's a small degree of separation between him like and Alex I Stein, now. right? Alex Stein. That's yeah, how you, Alex, you found yeah. him, right? Right, Alex Stein. Alex Stein. Well, I had yeah, I had Alex Stein on before. He oh, went yeah. to he exploded right after I had him on. Now, yeah, so he's yeah he's uh, Alex Jones, and then although. I think he's kind of backing off now because, uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe he thinks uh, Alex Stein's too much. I don't know. I'll try to get Alex Stein back on and ask him. Well, Alex but, Stein um, did the, the AOC's booty thing, and I think that, that gave him a lot of crap, right? Yeah, I think that was – if, if I had been advising him, I thought that was kind of – it was just kind of dumb, I thought. You know, it was, it was a little – I mean, I understand he was funny, and he has fun with everything, but I think, you know, it just went a little – I don't know what the point he, of it was. He gave the other side much ammo against him man. yeah and and you know he's he's clearly trying to push the boundaries and that's fun he's doing real comedy but uh i don't know what jt tucker can't touch the 2019 election that says it all i don't what's the 2019 election you mean no idea 2020 election and tucker did for a while cover that but i think i'm pretty sure fox news or kennedy was covering that uh, I think Fox News ordered them all to stop talking about it because they, you know, yeah. Chris Buggins says most Q people are genuine, well-meaning patriots. They don't seem to get it. Yeah, exactly. It's a big And that's true. These these are the people. That's why there's so many people that still I, I don't make fun of them because yeah. uh, a lot of them love my stuff. And uh, so it's uh, I, I don't understand. Yeah. JT says 2020. That was it. So, well, I, he was covering it. I, I don't know. I just I don't know. I, I just whatever. Whoever's behind him. When I watch, if you watch Tucker Carlson now, it's very, it's almost indistinguishable from uh, Alex Jones. In fact, Alex Jones yeah. plays a bunch of Tucker Carlson clips now. So that was the king of the conspiracy world, you know. So we, uh, yeah, he's not, he's not talking flat Earth or Moody. He's not nine eleven yet. Not yet. But uh, <laughs> we'll yeah. see. Yeah, no, not yet. John Blasco says Tucker was in Nicaragua. In 19, what does that tell you? Yeah, Tucker's father's direct. Yeah, I mean Tucker's. I know Tucker's history is, you know. He's the yeah. last person you would suppose that we, but I. Uh, it's no I, different I than with, uh, Anderson Cooper being a CIA asset and coming from right. old money with Vanderbilt there. He was a right. CIA asset. Yeah. Yeah, he was. But, you know, uh, Tucker has his career path has, has followed the same trajectory as uh, Pat Buchanan, who yes. I admire very much. Pat Buchanan was a Nixon stooge. Uh, he was a, you know, cold warrior, typical Republican. War on drugs, uh, you know, death penalty guy for a long time, and uh, somehow when he he began to when he I think when he uh, sometime during the eighties during the Reagan years even though he was in the Reagan administration for a while one of the few good people Reagan appointed at a lower level, but uh, he started seeing the effects of these uh, this outsourcing and these trade deals and immigration. And he claims he, you know, he that's he started getting with the blue collar workers, and he he uh, he became the big critic of, of NAFTA and all the trade deals, and he became the biggest critic of immigration. It sounds familiar, doesn't it? With Donald Trump, Donald Trump basically picked up some his major issues. And well, the mega uh, thing was from Reagan, I believe, right? It came even before that, well, but I think Reagan was a big proponent. With yeah, that. well, they all that's kind of been one of the favorite, you know, political yeah. things that of, you know, let's make, let's make America great. And uh, I want to get this thing in here. Yeah, Tucker's become a major force for uh, 
yeah. UFO disclosure. He's and, and that's and that's he's been doing that. And again, you know, I question that. Why are they suddenly telling the truth yeah. about UFOs? I have no idea. But Tucker has been all over that. Right he has a show on that again. Right during the lockdown, too. I yeah. think it was I, uh, a smoke, smoke screen to kind of yeah. keep people, uh, you know, from questioning empty hospitals, perhaps at the time. Well, Chris, Chris Buckin has a, a Chris Graves like tidbit on there. You know, the Pat Buchanan is related to Marilyn Manson. They're like third cousins. Well, that's what. That would be an interesting family gathering. <laughs> Have you candidate and Marilyn Manson? Well, Marilyn <laughs> Manson, yes. They probably he don't talk to each other. Well, Marilyn Manson, it's funny you say that. Uh, Marilyn Manson came out and interviewed. He could be full of crap, but he came out and said that his father tried uh, gave him over to the CIA as a child for some weird experiments. But wow. that could yeah, just Marilyn be Manson. him being him. Yeah. It's hard. To, yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know. It's hard, hard to, to take tell. Marilyn Manson. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because he certainly has you look at Dave McGowan, I don't know, like, with the music scene and the intel, intelligence, who knows, you know? That's why it's hard to really cut yeah. it down, but I don't know. Yeah, these guys have so many weird connections. Yeah. Uh, okay, we have, uh, oh, Rescue Dog. Oh, Rescue Dog said someone on YouTube. I, I missed your question, Rescue Dog. said somebody on YouTube just answered the question. Leslie Erickson, have you heard about the backyard? feed that is stopping the chickens from laying eggs once they change feed their oh, chickens are, um i have not heard that i've heard that. i've not heard that so here, I, that's uh, david Duke started the magazine back in the 70s david Duke. yeah well they, they definitely seem to want to do that. they want to do that david dukes i don't know about that the death of the yeah. west everyone should read it again retire yeah it's, 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 pat buchanan I've tried. I don't. He's probably eighty or maybe over eighty now, so maybe he doesn't do interviews anymore. I'm because you would think Tucker would have him on him on his show, but uh, I've never seen him on there. And uh, last I saw him, but it's been a while. You know, maybe it was, it was during I think the first of the Trump administration, but he seemed fine. But I tried to get a hold of his people. I would love to interview him, but you know, maybe he doesn't he's do interviews just, uh... anymore. I think he's just aging like uh, every other regular human. He doesn't have uh, the Henry Kissinger life extension stuff, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, John Bassiglund says he will cut him slack when Tucker apologizes for saying people would believe 9-11 is inside Jabber Pit. Yeah, and, you know, that yeah. was, again, that he was this, you know, he, he was this smarmy. I mean, I always yeah. said Tucker has the look of somebody who you know never worked, you know, never got his hands dirty. You know, he has, he has a Tucker Carlson, the name itself. Yeah. You know, he yeah. comes from wealth. And uh, yeah, so that was just his kind of smug dismissal of it. I, I don't know what he would say. That's why, you know, if I could get him uh, hidden history or something, I don't know. Again, assuming any of this is legitimate. I don't know. Right. You know, do ever think he'd say this Kennedy or he's questioning Epstein and stuff? Uh, free, yeah. Ben's Australian Ben says the leftist on Twitter. The five killed Tyre Nichols because of the oppression of white supremacy. Yeah, oh, unbelievable. Then, yeah, I mean, what else are you going to do if you're a black, if you're five black cops in the police department? What else are you going to do but go kill a black guy because of white oppression? I mean, you know, I mean, this it's just right. <laughs> that makes sense, isn't it? Uh, uh, Chris Buggins says Rents was talking about that. I assume that last night. Uh, I thought it was going to be a white put these that Tucker people. liked Paul. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that well, that would yeah. Then they probably would know. Then they could be like, oh, that does not compute. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, and this Chris, Chris Buckin has a point. Tucker has. 
No, this makes it just a police versus the public thing, not a race thing. And and that's why this is the perfect opportunity to have a real dialogue yeah. about, as they like to say. And it's never because this this because this takes race out of the equation, and it right. just shows you had you had five cops shooting a guy who I think was over a traffic violation or something. It's you know had no reason to be shooting him, but they can't discuss it. And that's why when they make these uh, racial things up, what happens is the conservatives instinctives are so tired of hearing the racial stuff, they instinctively side with the cops no matter what. Exactly. Because they're tired of hearing about it. the cops are oh, the cops need to be able to do their job. So they, you know, they're on the one side. And of course, blacks are just instinctively siding against the police. But in this case, what will they do? <laughs> Inquiring minds want to know. Well, it'll be interesting to see if if uh, if you know what Don, I just realized something. Don, have you ever thought mm -hmm. of this? You know how they were doing the whole thing with obviously with Sandy Hook, the trial and Alex Jones, right? And having him responsible for harassment of parents, right? That whole thing. Mm -hmm. Why didn't anyone sue the media outlets that show that broadcast the George Floyd footage over and over again? And all right. the destruction that was caused and deaths during the, those riots in the summer of 2020. No one brings yeah. that up. No, because it's it's obvious there's no consistency there because again, if they if why were the Sandy Hook parents so much more traumatized than so many other similar situations where the media was intrusive? I mean, how many people? I mean, I remember that ridiculous Geraldo at his finest hour. He one of his stupid specials where uh, he was trying to talk about Satanism or something. I don't know, back in the eighties, and he the uh, satanic panic special. That's that's interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he had a father on there who had who had who's I think son or something had been killed by this, but. And he he was, he was standing next to a trash can. He goes, "How does it feel to be standing <laughs> next to the trash can where your your kid's yeah. body was found cut to pieces?" And the guy should have punched him or something. But he said he just you know he just kind of gave him a stupid. But then answer. someone else punched Geraldo years later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's when you had the uh, with the Tom yeah. Metzger, the white the, the white supremacist people. Right. Who uh, and that was when Morton Downey had a thing like that too, where he was he got attacked. <laughs> yeah, with the Nazis were punching. Yeah. And then he no, then he faked the Nazi attack. Remember, and he, he scrolled the Nazi on his head. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> all nonsense. And, and you know, no, and, and Morton Downey was one of, again one of those guys who I I, I watched the show for a while because it was interesting. He was especially at that time. That was um, late eighties, nineteen ninety. Uh, yeah, 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 right. So it, it was the only uh, show out there that was talking about some of these things. He would talk about racial stuff, and he would be smoking on his cigarette nonstop. And he uh, he punched uh, Stuttering John of the Howard Stern show. He punched Stuttering John. Yes, yes, him. yeah. Well, Howard Howard hated him, you know, because he and he oh, would yeah. he would and and, they, and you ended up feeling sorry for uh, Downey at some point because his life, you know, he he was the epitome of a fifteen minutes worth of fame. Yeah, you know he was famous very briefly, and then he just and then and after and bragging Springer nonstop, thinks, yeah, Springer kind yeah, of like he, replaced him a couple of years later. Yeah, yeah, and Springer didn't have the politics; it was just all sensationalism, and that's just. And know, yet he came from Chicago politics. That's the ironic part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, was he was he, I think it was the mayor of Cincinnati mayor. or something, Jerry yeah. Springer. I yeah. think I think that's what he was. No, he's a TV um, judge. Chris Buckinson. <laughs> Chris Buckinson. We have a we have an AOC fan. I know Billy Ray likes uh, AOC. Chris Buckin likes her too. He's pretty hot from the neck down. Okay, I have a, 
I haven't I haven't checked it out enough. I and uh, as much as uh, Billy Ray and uh, certainly not uh, Alex Stein. You know, she works out. Yeah. I I don't know if she works out or not. I I really don't know. Well, it's hard for me to get past work- anything she says. You know. Yeah, pretty much. That, that's right. She she yep. she did her own brother said she uh, she answered a casting call. So yep. clearly she's. Uh, so we have. Uh, the up I, I, I don't, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Former con member says the police are enforcement, not freedom fighters. Absolutely. And that's, I want, I didn't get a chance because John Rutherford wasn't here that long, but everyone should understand, especially people that defend the cops, that in the 1980s, the Supreme Court first ruled that police have no obligation to protect the public. And it's been upheld several times since then. So to protect and serve is a complete lie because they have legally, they don't have to protect you. So next time you call, you disbelieve the conspiracy. Why do we exactly. have to hand out tickets? Obviously. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Chris Buggins says there, I do remember Jerry Springer getting arrested for paying a prostitute and nothing happened to him. Yeah. I remember they, these guys are all, they're all, they're all into so many ridiculous things. It doesn't surprise me to be swaggered. I mean, it, on all sides. Any blackmail uh, scheme. Yeah. Bass and Glenn says, John Bass and Glenn said, you know, Morton Downey grew up next door to the Kennedy compound and was very, very close to the whole Kennedy clan. Downey was the epitome. Was, well, he was and Morton Downey, he was the uh, them, but, yeah. <laughs> well, he he was the nephew. He was part of the Bennett family, and again, this is this is yeah. somebody that's uh, you know an aficionado of uh, the Golden Age of Hollywood. There were three actress sisters back in Hollywood: Constance Bennett, Joan Bennett, and oh, I forget Barbara Bennett. I think uh, yeah. Downey was the son, I think, of Barbara Bennett. He was one of the Bennett. I think it was the least famous one, Barbara Bennett. So he had a connection to Hollywood. And he was also like he used to show sometimes a an early video he did. I mean, he was trying to make it as a singer, you know, yeah, as a crooner. So uh, yeah, he was ridiculous. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he he was completely ridiculous. It was uh, he was but but back then that was the closest thing you had to the internet when he would come on and right. he would he would have uh, you know he would have guests on. I th- I think he had JFK people on then. Uh, you would have like Nazis wearing wearing Nazi yes, uh, you, uniforms. And yeah. Things. Well, that's when that's when Nazis were Nazis. I don't think anybody claims to be a Nazi anymore. But that's when people were still claiming to be Nazis and wear proudly wearing the Nazi uniform and Heil Hitlering. And uh, I mean, maybe I guess they think they'll just. He would have that guy too. Remember uh, Jerry Silva or Sawa or whatever um, of in New York City. There, he was like a part. Oh, Curtis Curtis Sly. Curtis Curtis Sly. Yeah, yeah, he was, and he was the uh, what was it the uh, the Guardians or the Guardians. Yes. Yeah, and he would, and he's still that guy's still around, boy. He's, he's still uh, cooking, yeah. Yeah, he's a he's a typical piece of work, you know, Canadian. I mean, a uh, conservative nonsense. Australian Ben says you speak about former FBI Ted Gunderson, the trafficking of preschoolers, and how that ties into the Meadow Steric goats. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure how that stares ties into the Meadow Steric goats, but Ted Gunderson was a great well, man. I mean, he was very. Well, uh, here's the thing, Don. I don't know. Uh, in the years since, we've kind of. There's been kind of connections unearthed with him and Aquino, Michael Aquino. So I don't know. You're kidding. I, don't know. Yeah, I thought he was fighting no. Aquino. Well, that was what everyone thought too. Um, I'll wow, get back to yeah, you. Was, yeah. Yeah. Well, at this point, there's, there's boys. It's, it's so hard. Not shocking to be, anymore. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, Ted Gunderson, he was the one that uh, uh, I've quoted from. He's the one that said, uh, that pointed out the FBI keeps no statistics on missing children. That's right. Yeah, you know, there, there, there are no. We don't know how many children are missing. 
in the United yeah. States because there are no statistics kept on them. And uh, he was very, I think he was involved in the Martin preschool scandal and uh, the Franklin scandal. Oklahoma City, yeah. certainly. Yep. Yeah, Frank. Oh, but I mean, oh, you know, that, yeah, yeah, I mean, he was so, I mean, if he was titled because uh, Aquino would be, would have been yeah. right in the middle of McMartin preschool, he was associated in that world because he had, you know, he'd been Presidio. accused of, uh, yeah, doing, uh, Lots of things. Doug Waters, well, good to see Ed Opperman is reported. My uh, Ed Opperson, yeah, Ed Opperman. I've been on his show several times. He's reported well, Ed on Opperman has accusations. His own yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been. I how's the Ed? Ed is always on the verge of getting a TV show. It seems like he's always about to burst into prominence, and it just never seems to happen. Probably not now, though, because uh, he has a little scandal going on too. <laughs> I won't even yeah. go into that. Oh, yeah. Bassingland, he points out, right, that, that Morton Downey Sr. was a big crooner. He was a big recording artist. And uh, his father was nearly as big as Rudy Valley for that era. And his father was, well, absolutely. I should have. That was his most obvious connection, obviously. But I thought it was interesting that he was he was also related to uh, yeah. to the Bennett sisters. Guardian Angels, a couple of people pointed that out. That was the name of the Curtis Slavers group. And Guardian he's Angel. still around. I've seen him on... Uh, Probably Hannity or, or Laura Ingram or something like. Probably, I'm sure it's Fox News. It's that radio show with his wife too for a while, right? Yes, his 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 wife. I can't remember her, but Lisa. I think it was Lisa Sleeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think you're she, right. yeah, yeah. She used to be on. They, 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 you're right. They had Morton Downey had him on all the time. Yeah, he was went and the whole thing. We got to get these scum off the street, you know. And the whole thing was scum, and you know. Yeah, and it was also the time when they they paired Hannity and Combs when uh when Combs was a stand up comedian. You remember that when they were put? That wasn't Rupert Murdoch that put them together. That was that conservative radio back then. Yeah, that's right, Hannity and Combs, and of course they and they were really just I think uh uh kind of a lightweight version of uh, the old Crossfire show. You know, Crossfire was uh, originally was Tom Braden, who was uh, an ex CIA agent, naturally. And yeah. became a, a liberal, and you know people like don't know. Firing line, remember? <laughs> yeah, fire firing line. That was even before that with William Buckley, but who another Buckley. you know CIA connected guy. But yeah. uh, but uh, <laughs> Crossfire Tom Braden, not only CIA, but he uh, yeah this guy was uh, <clears throat> he made a lot of money from a lot of things. The television show, if you remember the show, Eight is Enough. Oh yeah, that was based on Tom Braden's family. Really? So you know he got a payday out of that. Yeah, based on Tom oh, Braden's wow. family and. Uh, Pat Buchanan, that's where he got to start. He was the, and originally, if I had turned it on, I didn't really like either one of them too much because I, <laughs> I knew I knew Braden's background as a CIA guy. He was a typical mainstream liberal. He was, you know, he wasn't good at all, even for a leftist of that era. And Pat was still a Nixon Republican. Yeah. So, you know, I, I didn't, uh, you know, no, I, people I, I don't later. Ben Stein, Ben Stein, remember uh, Ferris Bueller, Bueller, Bueller. He was Nixon, one of yeah. Nixon's speechwriters. <laughs> yes, he was. Yes, he was. And who was? Um, I'm trying to remember what was that guy's name. When I used to watch Crossfire, and I watched it pretty often because I grew to love Pat Buchanan. Uh, what was the guy's name? <sighs> I can't think of his. Uh, we tell me here, Crossfire. Left. I'm thinking of uh, Matthews there, Chris Matthews. No, no, this was it. Was uh, what was that guy's name? I can't believe I can't think of it. He obviously never went on to much else, but he was you know, a <laughs> typical left, the typical leftist. And uh, Pat, you know, became a uh, yeah. big time. Obviously, Doug Water says so, Slywa hates Trump. Well, I guess that didn't surprise me. Really, yeah. I mean, you know, I don't. I, he, he probably hates the MAGA agenda. I don't know about you know. He, he, he seems like he 
It talks like Trump. You think he'd like a tough New Yorker. Tyra Matthews' mother spoke with Don Lemon and pleaded with black youth, black youth not to destroy their own cities. Well, that's and that's true. I said that forever, but why don't any black mothers plead with black youth not to destroy their own cities when there's a racial thing involved, when it's white cops? She why said, are America they putting this out them. on the air, though? Like it's almost like giving ideas. Start rioting, but they're saying don't start rioting. It's like exactly why this is what I'm saying, Chris. The Sandy Hook parents are so upset that people are speculating about all the anomalies there. Yet they show they're the laughing and oh yeah, all this. Yeah, yeah, they're showing George Floyd's death over and over again. They showed yeah. lots of other blacks that were shot and killed right before and George Floyd. It's almost like they settled on that one because there were two yeah. other videos they were pushing before, like the jogger. The, the black jogger that uh, the the yeah. guys in the truck were following, like that was right before it. It was like they settled on George Floyd. Like they wanted yeah, some it, kind of race riot at that summer. It felt like it, you know. Yeah, it's um, Tom Brady had connections to Mary Pinchot Myers. I, 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 well, he was in the CIA. I don't, I'm not sure what his connection would be to that. that. Uh, um, John Bassiglone says Robert Novak. Robert Novak was the other conservative guy, and he would fill in for Pat Buchanan on Crossfire. The leftist guy, I can't believe I can't think of that. All right, Chris, if you, have a, if you have a – yeah, I know. Uh, what was the guy's name? I'm going to say – Oh, Novak. I'm just going to look it up. Crossfire? Yeah, look it up. Just say Crossfire with Pat Buchanan, and and it, it'll tell you. I, I can't – what was that right. guy's name? He was uh, – he – We'll find out. His yeah. career just kind of dropped off the cliff, I think, afterwards. This is um, Tom Braden and Pat Buchanan. <laughs> no, right. well, it should be. Uh, All right, type in who re who replaced Pat Buchanan? Who replaced Tom Braden on Crossfire? Okay, that should bring. I, what's is that guy's name? I can't believe I can't think of that. Uh, Paul Begala. No, it's not Paul Begala, Doug. Molly Madison says McLaughlin. That's a McLaughlin group. That was uh, with the X. Yeah, Pat Buchanan was on that too. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I don't know why it's not telling me here. Okay. Stephen Casper over in Rockfin says he ran from mayor in the last Nuno? what was it? Johnson no, no. Oh, okay. That's the right guy too. Uh James uh, anyway. Carl. No, not, not James Carville. <clears throat> Carville. Not Carville. Looking. No. I can't I, I can't think I, I'll keep looking, but yeah, like have was, you uh, any, any updates on the uh the football player and everything? No, I well in and I did an interview earlier today. Um, it was by StreamYard. I was knocked off once. So far, I've been knocked off today. Uh, but um, it was with a New York uh, Patriot, I think his name was. But he uh, he was very interested in Demar. And I, I, you know, I just said the Demar Hamlin thing, and he uh, he liked my take on it. But I haven't heard any updates. But again, there's what there's there's the obvious way to end the speculation, right? And that yeah. is to uh, first of all, why? I mean, yeah, I mean this this guy again. They made him into a national hero. And I said at the time, you know, this it doesn't make any sense. Okay, you know, even Michael if you Kinsley. believe the story. Michael Kinsley. That's it. That Michael Kinsley. That's it. Michael Kinsley. Thank you. So, you know, I don't know what happened to him. But he, uh, he was always a band of liberal than you find some of these guys. He, I think he, yeah. like, believed in the ACLU's credo maybe. But uh, Chris Buckin says, one thing I always liked about Pat Buchanan is he, he talked about how the Zionists are running everything. Yes, he did. He called – he called Congress Israel occupied territory in like 1960. That was many unpopular aspects of him. Though. I mean, he was he was uh, he, the, saying uh, that the Congress was Israel's amen corner. Uh, he was very, very, and he was, I say, 
and I somebody correct me and find somebody else. In my lifetime, Pat Buchanan is the – now, you set aside the Vietnam War, which, of course, he supported because he was a Nixon guy then. Right. But once he, once he, once he came across this, uh, this transformation, he was opposed to every one of our armed conflicts ever since then. Every one of our, he was always opposed to it. And I don't know of anybody else, certainly nobody on the left now. And, uh, Tucker Carlson is getting in that direction. Somebody in the uh, chat room earlier, uh, very correctly said he apologized. He said, I apologized. I was wrong about the Iraq war. And wow. uh, he's very much anti-war now. And uh, so a very, very much. Uh, Have you, uh, this is kind of, uh, this oh, isn't really a, on the same uh, wavelength as that, I don't think. But have you heard any updates with Tulsi Gabbard? She's still on Fox News all the time. And she's uh, actually going to run again, run for some office again as a Republican now. I was told last night during the. Yeah. I mean, What's I like a lot of things. She's, I, I don't know. Her background, obviously, very questionable. And she's, she was on Tucker before, but now I've even seen her on Hannity. You know, that's, yeah. I mean, Tucker and Hannity, Hannity don't have many of the same guests. Right. And because uh, Tucker, I mean, if you'll notice one thing, if you, if people watch Fox News, again, I, I just watch Tucker. But when uh, Tucker's show, he used to always, they used to do this little chit-chat with Hannity, saying, yeah. coming up is Hannity. That stopped completely. He he signs off and he doesn't acknowledge Hannity anymore. I, I I have a feeling when Tucker said the CIA killed Kennedy, and Hannity's appearing every night on the show with the CIA. CIA lapel. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's uh, it's no. probably a, a a big bone of contention there. <laughs> Chris Buggins says James Trafficant. James Trafficant, absolutely. What James Trafficant was was one of the last great Democrats. And you know what I do? I made do for Hidden History 4. I keep meaning to, and I keep leaving it out of my Hidden History books. I need to go into that because that was horrible the way they censored him and ran him out of Congress. And it was basically for being anti-Zionist and for being bold on the issues for talking out against Bill Clinton and for defending, defending John Demjanjuk. And Pat Buchanan did that too. If you remember John Demjanjuk, he was a Cleveland auto worker who had lived an exemplary life, didn't even have a traffic ticket for decades. And suddenly, one of the worst things about Jimmy Carter, he created, a, relatively speaking, Carter did less damage than any of the other presidents since Kennedy, I think. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. He did less damage, basically, I think. But he, uh, he, uh, he, uh, you know, I, I, he wasn't my cup of tea as a Democrat. I, no, but I'm I saying like his accomplishment was that he didn't start another war. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he he was he was he was pretty even-handed in the Middle East, which yeah. is amazing. He went against Israel, but he started started this Office of Special Investigations in the Justice right. Department. He created it at the behest of the Jewish lobby and the Zionist, and it was to track down at that time aging Nazi war criminals. And basically, what they did is they went after people like Danjanyuk, and they they tracked him down, who had been usually in. Um, the countries like Croatia and places like that, that were stuck between the Nazis and the Soviets, the Bolsheviks at that time. And they had to choose basically, you know, who to side with. And most of them, I'm sorry, most of them chose the Nazis. Yeah. And so the people that chose the Nazis, like, uh, like Tim Janjuk, he was supposedly a prison guard. Again, he was very young at one of the concentration camps. Again, so 
because of that, they extrapolated that some really he's young. Hitler, he's in the Hitler Youth, right? No, I don't think he was in Hitler. I don't think oh, so. Okay. No, I think his only because he wasn't he wasn't in Germany. He was. Uh, I want to say I don't know. If I was going to say if Ukrainian, a lot of them would be were threatened with their own lives if they didn't, you know. Well, Arnold Schwarzenegger's dad was part of it. A lot of people like it. George Soros, you know. Right, right. Um, yeah, You're Graham right. talking about Dr. Mary's Monkey. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good book. People should read that. Uh, Mary Mary Pinchot Meyer, but uh, definitely was murdered. Whether or not she had a, an affair with JFK, but uh, well, they were really the, reaching. Yeah, the other gentleman that uh, I cut you off, like. Uh, they went to he. They hunted him down, right? Yeah. Well, that's they. They, they found uh, you. Be thinking of um, Ernst Sundell, the, guard, the candidate. But in this, that was disputing the Holocaust. They, 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 yeah. Well, well, Ernst Sundell was just a teacher, but it was like, all this stuff was going. It was, and it all grew out of the Office of Special Investigation, which Carter created. Right. And it was basically to track down, as they said, Nazi war criminals. And what they did is they found anybody that was still living. I mean, some of these people were 90 plus years old and they, and the case against him, Yannick was so ridiculous that they took, they forced him to go to Israel. The Israeli Supreme court threw it out. He said, this is ridiculous. And, but that wasn't because the American Jewish power is far greater than it is in Israel. Apparently, apparently there's, yeah. there's more open discussion in Israel than there's America about it. I thought the Mossad, the Mossad was always trying to hunt these guys down. <laughs> well, they were, they were, but a, a bunch of this comes out of, of uh, so they, they, it was a disgrace. And uh, Pat Buchanan was bold about it. He spoke out about it. He's the only uh, person on the media that did. And um, so did Jim Traffigan in Congress. And, you know, obviously that didn't help him any at all. And there, there were more cases like that as well. And the spotlight, which became the American Free Press, which I write for now, they focused a lot on this and all it was it was terrible and just they found a bunch of elderly people who had committed no crimes in America. And right. if if there was any problem, they were uh they were on what we consider the wrong side in World War II because they had they weren't Nazis, they had to pick. And they, in their opinion, they thought the Nazis seemed the less the lesser of two evils. And they never forgave them for that. And they tracked them down, and it's uh, it's it's a shame. And uh, Jim Johnuk, uh, his life was destroyed. So many of these people were, even though the Israeli Supreme Court said this is a joke. Uh, when he got back to America, they still tried to prosecute him. I'm not even sure whatever happened to the guy. He must have died, obviously, but um, wow. it's a shame. But the trafficking, and I think because Pat Buchanan, his uh, Tucker's career has really followed the trajectory of Pat Buchanan. I imagine. He would be taking those kind of positions today, although he has he hasn't really talked against Israel yet. Tucker has not done that, so, right. so that's one difference between him and uh, Pat Buchanan. He has not done. He's not seen as. I don't think anybody's called him anti-Semitic. So right. it's, uh, it'd be inter interesting to see if he goes that way. But he doesn't talk about the Middle East much. Now, was so, it uh, Pat Buchanan was Pat Buchanan kind of like with uh, Cynthia Cynthia McKinney? talking about the APAC and things too? Uh, yeah, he talked about, you know, he talked about, uh, I, I mean, he... Like swearing an oath to them when he, he first he, get in, remember? Yeah, well, well he, he would straddle a line, but, you know, uh, when Pat was running as a Republican, and the, but people forget that David Duke at that time was running as a Republican in the same primaries. I guess that was uh, 88, uh, probably 88. And... Um, 
David Duke's positions were <laughs> very similar to Patrick Cannon's. Let's put it that way. And right. uh, Pat really, I think he was trying to score some brownie points. And he jumped all over and said, "I, you know, we, we rid David Duke. We rid the Republican Party of David Duke. And I thought that was unfair because it really David Duke loved Buchanan. And right. it just, you know, have you looked at how close your positions are? You know, so, I mean, really, it's just, uh, but again, people, people, I understand that David Duke has the, uh, okay, okay, the okay, reputation and, <laughs> yeah. and, well, the thing, and he, and he was, you know, part of the, uh, not far from me in Arlington, you know, before I was an adult, he was, uh, they were like brown shirts in, uh, in Arlington. What would they call it? American Nazi party, I think it was. And, oh, um, yeah. he, uh, if you remember, George uh, George Lincoln Rockwell was the founder of those guys, and uh, you, I read his book years ago, White Power. I, I used to say, "God, they're going to come and get me just for because I mean, I ordered all these books. I wanted to read with him because, and it's he that was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this, this guy was this guy was brilliant, and uh, he, uh, but uh, he and he died like a lot of these guys do. You know, he he was, uh, and I've been by the Seven Eleven. He was walking into a 7-Eleven and supposedly a demented supporter of his was stationed on the roof of the 7-Eleven with a, with a rifle and right. killed him, assassinated him. And it's like, okay, he was a demented supporter. I don't know. It sounded pretty strange to me. But David Duke came, I think, from his group eventually. But um, so these people, again, they're all, they're all, uh, I, I don't, they're, they're all have their histories. Uh, Chris Buchan loves Ernst Liddell. I, I got into an argument years ago on uh, the JFK forums uh, back then where I, I, and that's when I first saw how strong this yeah. Holocaust thing is with people. The people that loved me and were, you know, on the same, they were so upset that I was defending that saying, you know, this, this is ridiculous to round up this school teacher and throw him into prison. And, uh, and I started realizing, wow, this is an issue I, I I can't deal with because it's just it's people are irrational on it. They're so emotionally invested in it. Well, there's uh, got to be a reason why he was rounded up, Don. Too was he onto something? Well, <laughs> I mean, he, I think. Well, right? again, he was. And, and look, I I don't want to get it because again, I don't want to because I know. <laughs> I, I, and I don't because I, I don't want to be associated with that issue. But I I just right. say as I said, we've been lied to about everything. So if you don't, if you think the story of the Holocaust is uh, legitimate, then you would have to say, okay, so they lied about, and if you believe my books, you would have to believe that they lied about everything but that. For some reason, they told the truth about that. <coughs> and uh, they lie about everything. And it serves their purposes. The math is- For folks, Don and I don't know. So we're not, we don't have a- Exactly. A we don't have a position. Right. It's not because we're straddling the fence because I've heard that too. Right. Oh, that's an easy cop out. I don't right. know. He doesn't know. So we're just asking questions. That's all. Right. And people, and people, you know, if they will, uh, we know the concentration camps are real, obviously, but yeah. uh, we had, they were, the gulags were real in the Soviet Union too. And the concentration right. camps in America were real that Roosevelt played. Camps, so, yeah. So, yeah. so we had internment camps here. And, I, and I'll have more about that in Hidden History 3. Where we'll go deeper into that because uh, not only did they the, the Japanese at least there's all we knew about, but there were two other races. yes there were Germans and even Italians not right. as many but uh, German businesses especially and I'll have that and you, you would be amazed at the extent of the government because not only did they I mean I don't know what the Nazis did 
with uh, as far as if they took all the Jewish wealth. Maybe they did. I don't know. But we did. We took right. all their, we confiscated, not only threw them in internment camps, but even after they got out, their businesses were gone. Their wealth was gone. The American government took it all. So uh, it's absolutely uh, is, is just a, a shock uh, that, that that happened. Australian Ben says the premier, the governor of Sydney, New South Wales, has been embroiled in controversy by admitting to wearing a Nazi uniform at his own 20th birth birthday party. He's apologized, though, so it's all okay. Same so thing with one, uh, so did one of the princes? Prince. <laughs> Prince really? Harry, yeah, Prince Harry. I mean, again, so just, I mean, just think of how ridiculous that is. So you can't, you wear the, you can wear a costume of any monster, but you can't. I mean, it's not. Is that an endorsement of Nazism? I don't. I mean, it, to me, it just seems like, uh, you know, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, so dressed much, like Freddy, Freddy Krueger is endorsing uh, killing teenagers. <laughs> you know, and. Uh, yeah, Molly Madison's found innocent German court, no evidence. And again, he was, uh, he was, uh, the Israeli Supreme Court said there's nothing here, but not in America. Yeah. Let's see. Okay, Carter is that? I'm trying to see. Is Tulsi, a lot of comments here. Is Tulsi Native American? She's Hawaiian, I think. I'm not sure. Um, That's what I don't know. I know. Really, I know. I, I was a little smitten with her, whatever she is. I, I got to admit, she turned my head a little bit. Right then. And when I was, uh, you know, met her in person, it was, you know, she was, she was very sweet. But, uh, but what again, book I did you give her? You know, again, what book did you give her, Don? Survival of the Richest. And uh, photographed, you can book? see on my Facebook. Oh, no, you asked her about JFK because she had a No, JFK no, I, get, I, I asked yeah. her about JFK. And it's, yeah, and that's where, uh, that's where, uh, God, I keep forgetting these names. What the hell's the guy's name? Uh, this is getting awful. Damn, I'm forgetting names Sorry. all the time. Uh, the guy from the Post. Uh, oh. but he, um, the only, only time he's ever paid attention to me, he uh, he was impressed that I got, and my, my late friend Brian Lloyd, I think the guy died tragically about a year, less than a year, later that year. Uh, he had a heart condition. It was very sad. He was only like 51 years old. But he was there with me. He's the one that invited me to the uh, Tulsi Gabbard um, event. And uh, very crowded, and so I, I, you know, like I do, I forged myself way up the front, and I, you know, got to ask a question, and uh, aggressively, and he filmed it all, and I asked her about the, the she was, she was, she has been filmed reading uh, James Douglas's JFK and the Unspeakable, yes, which of course is, a, you know, obviously is very pro conspiracy, so I thought that was a bold thing to do, and I asked her about it, and she could tell she didn't really want to answer, she was kind of smiling and saying, well, you know. From what I've seen, I haven't finished it, but from what I've seen, yeah, she basically said, yeah, she believed there's a conspiracy. So he was uh, very, uh, very impressed with that. It kind of, you know, he, he wrote an article about it online and uh, I That's think right. for Counterpunch and stuff. So uh, that was, and I can't believe I can't remember the guy's name. Maybe I, I, I think I, I think it's a sign of age and I'm forgetting names now too often. It's ridiculous. But um I'm not forgetting the names in the chat room here. Uh, John Best <laughs> says, my son does not care about Nazi war criminals. They have bigger fish to catch in Washington using nets like Epstein's or uh, Roy Cohn's Sunday Pites. I, I don't know. They, um, Yeah, that's true. I remember that, that JT said, Tra traffic at one end is floor speeches by saying, beam me up, Scotty. That's what he used to, he used to say, beam me up, Scotty. And he did have a, I, I don't know if it was a toupee or what, but it's kind of like Trump. He, he had a ridiculous hair. Thing. It was easy for them to make fun of him. And I don't know why he had a hair like that, but uh, really somebody should have advised him, you know, your critics be looking for anything because of what you're saying. 
Yeah. Chris Buck is a fan of George Lincoln Rockwell. Well, I'm missing his book, you know, but I I, uh, I bought uh, lots of books like that. Uh, go watch his old videos, Chris, and check out the work he did with David Cole. David Cole was, yeah, David Cole was the Jewish guy, I think that, uh, is that is that right, Chris, the Jewish guy that went to Auschwitz and got them to admit on camera that they had just taken yeah. two million off the, the list of died or something? I think that's him. I think that's David oh, Cole. Oh, okay, yeah. I think Chris, or I'm sure Chris knows. Uh, let's see. Uh, Doug Waters says he thinks the truth of the Holocaust. Well, again, it's just that you would, why would you, I, I wouldn't trust it, what they said about anything. That's why I try to tell the JFK assassination people about like 9-11 and things like that. It's like, so you think they killed the president of the United States. They got yeah. together. Uh, everybody was involved. The media is only bad once. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. So, but but after that, they were pretty cool, and uh, they would cool. never do. I mean, you 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 just you you thought George W. Bush was despicable, most of you, and uh, yeah. but you you Dick Cheney was a war criminal. Now he's a hero, I guess, because of Liz Cheney, yeah. and uh, you know their hatred for Trump. So that's all that matters. Uh, but um, Doug Waters says, "True, American companies capitalism better from slave labor." Well, they always do that. They, uh, Doug Water says the the story Holocaust should include German treatment of Slavs. Russian. You're right, and but it's right. You know when I when I when I wrote crimes and cover-ups, I put a disclaimer in there, and I said, look, you know, this is this is not to endorse the Confederacy. It's not to endorse Nazis, but there are plenty of books out there that document what the other side did or was alleged to have done. Plenty of atrocities out there for people to see, real or exaggerated. We don't know. Again, because history is written by the victors. I'm just putting out there that there's a lot of allegations on the other side. And if you look at the Nuremberg trials, yep. yeah, if you look at the Nuremberg trials, the the defense of those Nazi so-called war criminals, again, the war criminals, they invented this terminology. They're, they're losers. The war losers, the people that lost, you know, being, right. being tried by the lawyers. Um, so you're basically being tried for losing. Uh, their defense was to point out a lot of the things I wrote about. Their defense is to point out the bombing of Dresden, where I think something which is a city that had uh, was one of the most beautiful cities in Europe. Uh, historic churches and religious shrines and priceless works of art going back to antiquity. Uh, I think I, the numbers are something like this. Something like 39,000 toddlers were killed in the bombing. Oh. So this is this horrible uh, atrocity. One of the greatest, and uh, Kurt Vonnegut, the last great American novelist, uh, his uh, movie, his book, Slaughterhouse Five. Slaughterhouse Five, yep. Slaughterhouse Five was about Dresden. And that's how he became the independent mind that he is, a World War II veteran. He saw what happened there and he rightfully objected. So um, that's uh, Chris Buckingham. What, what, what was your what was your stance real quick? I, I don't know if you can do it real quick, but. I tried to explain to uh, Angry Tiger and Jason once that you had a, a different take on the Nuremberg trials because everyone says that they were, uh, you know, they were just, they keep, they keep bringing up, oh, it's yeah. going to be Nuremberg 2.0 with the yes. COVID. So yeah, what, is, well, what yeah. is your take on why the Nuremberg trials were not well, as great as people think, I, maybe? I have a long section on it in Crimes and yeah. Cover-Ups, and 
I'm amazed that I've never asked about that. In all the interviews I've done, I thought people would focus on that, but they don't. They usually go. I wanted to ask you with our thing too, but there were so many other things, you know. Yeah, well, you know, I uh, this and I what I do is I point out the the criticism it received at the time, including by Senator John F. Kennedy. Uh, John F. Kennedy wrote Profiles in Courage, uh, you know, big famous book, and uh, put him on the map. One of his profiles in courage, and it basically was a series of chapters, each chapter devoted to a profile in courage, a particular person. One of them, for instance, was one of the guys that voted against the impeachment of uh, Andrew Johnson way back in the Lincoln's uh, successor. But one of his profiles in courage was Senator Robert Taft, who was, I think, one of the greatest Republicans ever. He was known as Mr. Republican, much better than his dad, William Howard Taft, the president. This guy would have been a much better president than Eisenhower. It would have been great. And they, the, the establishment eased him out, got him out of the way so Eisenhower could get in. That's who they wanted. But um, Taft rightfully objected to the Nuremberg trials. What the Nuremberg trials were, it was the first time in the history of, of the world. Up, you know, how many wars had existed up until now, uh, uh, throughout history? Until that time, it had never occurred to the winners to let's put the losers on trial. Right. And this is what they did. They put the losers on trial. And as, as uh, Robert uh, Taft said over and over again, this is the trials of, of the vanquished by the victors. This is wrong. This sets a horrible precedent. precedent. Uh, both of Eisenhower's brothers, ironically enough, who were prominent figures, criticized it. I have a whole host of figures that talked about it at the time. Uh, there were some, I think it was uh, T.S. Eliot, a great poet at the mm. time. Uh, uh, now, I, from then until when I wrote my book, I don't think anybody criticized it until then. You know, now it's considered even in our world. That's why uh, it was unique. I thought, yeah, yeah, it was unique because it. it uh, but the idea that you and of course the the, the way it was so uneven, it was inconsistent as well, because they picked out some Nazis to try, other Nazis they brought in under Operation Paperclip, and they what? formed NASA. NASA. So uh, and they uh, uh what's his name? Um, yeah, MK Ultra. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, Reinhard Reinhard Galen, yeah. who uh, really helped build uh, <clears throat> what became the CIA, uh, and and so you had uh, Nazis that were welcomed in under Operation Paperclip, but you had other Nazis that were hung, yeah. uh, were, were executed. Execute others like uh, uh, God. I'm forgetting his name again. What's with uh, Rudolf Ron? Hess? Rudolf Hess. Oh yeah, yeah. Rudolf Hess who. You were talking about cruel and unusual punishment. Rudolf Hess's crime was that he tried to end the war. He flew a secret peace mission into Britain without Hitler's knowledge. He was a top aide to Hitler, and he went against Hitler's orders, and he flew. He crash-landed his plane and survived. He was arrested by British intelligence, immediately held. It was incarcerated. They didn't, they didn't want peace, and uh, <clears throat> Hitler disowned him. And then after the war, he was tried, and he was, uh, he was spared execution. But he was given maybe a worse punishment where, you know, if you if you heard of a group called Spandau Ballet that was mm -hmm. big back in the 60s and 70s, it comes from Spandau Prison. He was the only inmate at Spandau Prison for, I think, 50, 50 ish years, 50 years. Wow. And uh, he was he lived to be 90 some years old. And they claim he killed himself at 90. something. I don't think so. Hung himself. But regardless, maybe they got tired of him. But uh, they would only allow his wife or son to visit him once a month, not together. Wow. They rotated the guards constantly. None of them spoke German and they would rotate them. So he couldn't get in any kind of a friendly relationship with anybody. It was a horrible, 
horrible punishment. Again, his only crime, he had nothing to do with the Holocaust, whatever it was. His only crime was trying to, uh, to broker peace. So you had those kind of things. And, uh, but you didn't have, for instance, where were the trials of the Japanese war criminals? Right. You had Emperor, Emperor Hirohito. I think he lived on until like the 80s or something. You know, he, so why wasn't he? So you know, where? Why were there only certain ones? It was a show trial, but the uh, the the precedent was what mattered here. Just yeah. so, but it's and it started in World War One. World War Two was inevitable because World War One, the Versailles Treaty, where they shackled Germany. Basically, they came up with the concept in World War One of let's legally penalize the loser and let's charge them. Right. Do you know, Chris? And I, I had this in my book. People are always fascinated by this that the Germans didn't stop paying reparations to yes. the countries that defeated them in World War I until so I, 2010. I was going to say World 1990. War I. Oh, no, 2010. Yeah, 2010. So that was a huge precedent. And it helped resp- It helped uh, explain why Hitler, the fact they had a much uh, worse depression than we did, right. it's, it helped explain the fact of why Hitler became popular. And um, so... Wow. Once, <clears throat> once they did that and treated and uh, Herbert Hoover, who, as you know, in my books, I, I have a, a kind of a sympathetic feeling for him sometimes, although he's an internationalist too, I know, but he comes off pretty good in a lot of these things. He was the only part of the American delegation to Versailles who objected to what they were doing. He said, you know, wow. you, you're, what you're doing here is you're punishing the loser and you're making another war inevitable. And they did, yeah. you know, there's a great book written by a French guy years ago called Hitler, born at Versailles. And he was. So anyhow, so that so that was the first terrible precedent when you decided they decided, okay, you know, we're not we're, we we beat these guys in war. So you're gonna pay us for decades. That's what they did. But they so went beyond that so, after World War II since so it's not really a good co- like correlation when people say like when it, hopefully there'll be a Nuremberg 2.0 with Fauci and no I don't I don't I don't like I don't yeah because I they don't know the history. They don't know. And again, it's because no, nobody in our world, certainly not in their world, they all think that Nuremberg was the highest brand of justice. I mean, just the guy that the people that preside, the justices that preside. And at the time, you had a former chief justice of the Supreme Court that I quote in in the book has talked about how this is, you know, this is not justice. This is horrible what you're doing. So there were people in America, leaders that really object and including jfk it can't be stressed enough jfk criticized it so here folks this is jfk and don's criticizing him so this is a big thing (laughs) oh no 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 i'm I'm not criticizing jfk i'm saying jfk no he jfk criticized the nuremberg trials oh okay he he was a critic i mean this this was a you know liberal senator lots of people on the left still like him his profiles of hers no no the the chapter in the book, devoted to his profound courage was Robert Taft about the show trials and the Nuremberg trials. So yeah, that that's the difference there is that you, I don't think that's justice. And I think it's a terrible precedent because, you know, who would we, after we beat Iraq in the war, I mean, did we, you know, I mean, would, I don't, maybe Americans would have, they probably would have, you know, supported support the war. Yeah, sure. Put them on trial. You know, it'd be fine. But so that, that's why I think that, okay. um, very dangerous precedent. And I, so when people say Nuremberg, they're thinking, you know, in terms, they're thinking of this was an exceptional uh, form of justice. But all that, it's the same reason I like hate speech or hate crimes. Emotions, law has to be based on reason. 
And something like that, when you're looking for payback, you're looking for vengeance, or putting his mind safe. We're putting like yeah, the surviving so, family members on the bed on like on during the trial to kind of taint the audience, the uh, taint the jury, that type of thing, right? No, yeah, exactly. Molly Madison said trafficking wars hair and, and protests like that. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. That's for real. <laughs> oh, oh, Jennifer Whitehouse says, I really appreciate who you are, respect you always. So I'm glad I didn't lose anybody over myself. I mean, like, again, it's just it is what it is. I understand what this area is when you do it. Nobody's uh, because my point about Nazis is that uh, and I know a lot of people that like me like the Nazis. And my point is, that you know, again, uh, we don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe they were secret good guys. And that's why America hated them. But I I wouldn't trust anything that they say. We weren't there. And uh, but these when they say these boogeymen, you know, why do we and a lot of people that know, Okay, Saddam Hussein, Osama bin Laden, these were CIA assets that were turned into it. Fidel Castro. Uh, that are dubious about all these other ones, but Hitler, oh no, man. you know, Hitler, come on. Well, they even wrote a book about that, right? Hitler and the rise, uh, uh, basically the idea of him being propped up by the West, right? Hitler and the rise. Sure. I, I mean, that's, that, but Hitler, the rise. Well, you, and, and there's, it, 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 the people that like Hitler, Again, read, read, and I, I've, I've been lectured by this on my Substack blog. I don't get too many negative comments on there, but one guy, you know, obviously a Hitler liker, lover, he uh, said something <laughs> like, uh, I talked about Anthony Sutton's uh, Ball Street, Wall Street and the Rise of Hitler. That and was he, what I was, oh. thank you. That's the yeah, book. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, and that's a great book. And it's just, Hitler was not this, you know, just, well, just like AOC wasn't this waitress who decided to run for Congress and somehow won. Hitler wasn't a frustrated painter who got up on the beer in the beer halls and started making his rabble rousing speeches. His fame just grew, you know, spontaneously at, a, at an organic level. That's just not the way. And it's so that people need to, to he also was he, he had a part to play. And the, the, the evidence shows that after the war, he went to Argentina. And I don't know how long he lived, but uh, he definitely didn't kill himself in the bunker. I mean, they, 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 the skull they found there, they admit it was that a of a young female. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. So, you know, so it's a, whoever that was, you know. Eva Braun. Uh, I'm see if we have any comments. I missed a lot of here. Yeah, no, I see. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I it's like, you know, right. Weekly World News. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, weekly Weekly World News, I think, said back when I used to read that great periodical. Uh, <laughs> it's a, a, no, more, not as outrageous as rea- reality. Yes, Bad Boy is wonderful. And you know what? Something they predicted. Who would have ever thought? I one of my favorite articles was this guy. They claimed, I think they claimed is is uh, something about his wife. They did a practical joke on him, and it scared him so much that he was frozen. And they showed this ridiculous position of this guy being wheeled out like on a flatbed or something. And uh, I, and I just, for some reason, it just, it, the photograph was great. And now here yeah, they I say it's a real that. thing, right? It's a now real have- thing. It's a, it, Celine Dion, man. Celine Dion. Cool. She's yeah. got this, uh, what's yeah. it called? A stiff, stiff person syndrome or something. It's like, uh, who knew, man? It's yeah. uh, nothing to do with the vaccines. Just like uh, DeMar Sense. Hamlet as well. <laughs> you know, nothing nothing to do with that. Yeah, but, uh, I'm looking over. I'm not really seeing questions from the, uh, but I see little John over there and a uh, former con member over in uh, Rockland chat. I don't know what I've missed over there. 
John, let me let me ask you this real quick. Oh yeah, while while you're looking, um, what would what do you think would be the proper thing for the world to put Fauci and company on on trial for all this stuff the last couple years? Not a tribunal or anything, right? It should be. Well, I understand that. No, I, and I understand the impulse to do that. But and again, and a lot of that comes out again out of the Soviet show trials because they did that for crimes against the people. So yeah, it's tempting to do that. And I will, I would, you know, these people certainly are criminals, but I think you have to find, you know, tangible crimes they committed. And certainly in in the case you'd have to try to figure was Hillary Clinton involved in, you know, behind the murders of Vince Foster and all these other people, uh, with her cattle shares and filegate, all those things were the financial crimes. Uh, there are things you could do. We know, for instance, that she set out to frame Donald Trump. Uh, we know from the CIA's John Brennan, of all people, who, you know, the left yeah. trust is an impeccable source. Well, there's a memo out there from him saying, yeah, Hillary's Hillary's invented this uh, this theory that uh, that uh, she, she invented wants to the say birth Donald Trump. Too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, John Bassiglone, he's on his ball. Okay, he's correcting me. The term Spandau Ballet comes from World War I. Soldiers caught in the machine gun fire, the Spandau machine. I, I did not, you know, I just assumed it was from Spandau Prison. I, I mean, so I I, I, uh, I thought that's what that uh, group, because the way they came about, you know, I, I don't know. Hess was still alive at that point. I, well, if you're right, I, I, I'm, and I assume you are. I'm sorry. Uh, Spandau Ballet did that song. I, I, I can correct it when I need to be. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know anything about their music. I just know their name. And, it's not uh, one song, right? You know, it's uh, true. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, so a lot of comments up here. I can't keep just, Justin Bieber. I don't know what Doug Waters yeah. talking about Justin Bieber for. but Holocaust uh, and Justin Bieber. Somehow he made the. Uh, oh, 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 yeah. Justin, oh, Justin Bieber. That's right. Just, Justin Bieber ha, 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 was vaccine injured. He was vaccine injured. That's what he's talking about. Oh, all the young kids. Justin Bieber had some kind of weird reaction to the vaccine, and his face froze, or had some kind of weird thing with his face. Several of them have had that. So, it, yeah, these, and that's oh. true. That's uh, all the young people dropping dead. And there's, uh, you know, we had another football player that died uh, yesterday, the day before, 25 year old. Well, he wasn't in the league, but he had been in the league, no cause listed. So, you know, I don't know. When I was 25, I didn't, I didn't think that could happen, and it shouldn't. Happen all this. so there's there's definitely something there, but I, I never I'm never going to finish this book because I keep wanting to finish it. The Pfizer, I, I feel like I have to keep adding Pfizer, this stuff. Yeah, yeah, the tape. Yeah, you know. let's create new strains. Just uh, you know, we're going to keep on top of it. Okay, thanks. Exactly. I'm seeing what we have over here. Uh, you learn more at the pizza place. Okay, yeah, we got more action over here on YouTube today. You got there, Alec, but, Baldwin, um, Alec Baldwin, Mr. Trump impersonator going on trial. <laughs> yeah, that should be great. That's yeah. uh, <laughs> should be great. Okay, always okay, face face paralysis. That was, and then uh, his beautiful wife. Okay, I guess it's a Haley Bieber. She had a stroke. That's yeah, I mean, Alec Baldwin's everybody. daughter, I think. Yeah, that's why I made the connection. I think that's Alec Baldwin's daughter, Haley. Yeah. Alec, oh, Bieber is married to Alec Baldwin's daughter? Okay. I believe that's I, I, Haley. I can't yeah. even. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I know. Little John said he partied so hard that he should be dead. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, brother. They, um, <laughs> they, uh, you know, that was that was a different time. America 1.0, for those of you who weren't there, <laughs> I can't tell you how different it was. And that's why I say when I brought 
bring you full back, full circle around to drunk drivers that uh, really. Oh, Chris Buckin says not Alex and other. Okay. I'm not sure. So Chris Buckin, well, Don, you're, not, you're, he, Don, you're going to be coming on. Uh, yeah, get, Peter Seacosh and uh, Chris Graves' new show. Uh, don't take our word for it to talk about your article. Yeah, and something you also never get to talk yes. about, Jack the Ripper. That's right, Jack the Ripper. As if, we, as if we haven't discussed enough different subjects, so we'll uh, we'll go over <laughs> everything from drunk driving to World War II and Hitler to uh, to uh, Jack the Ripper. So yeah, well, I, I mean that's and I don't you. get yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's what I like to do. I like to, but uh, yeah, it's it'll be interesting. You guys did a great first show. Peter was reading from the article, and it was pretty cool. It was great. Yeah, that, he's uh, great. Yeah, that's. Uh, I'm looking over here and see. Uh, I keep distracting. Riley's in the chat. Yeah, no, no, I'm no, you know, it's fine. I, I, I should be. I pay too much attention to the chat, but I like to interact with these people. But that's your, yeah, that's, hoping, your, that's your hoping, that's your hoping free FM. Yeah, that's my, it's my thing, you know. And uh, but um, yeah, so Jack the Ripper is. Uh, I'll look forward to that because you know I have my own theories. I think that again, I think the only thing they can explain why they're still being classified by Scotland Yard yeah. from 1888. Um, the only thing they can explain that is there was some kind of royal involvement. So I think that uh, kind of like the John Wilkes Booth thing, why they won't exhume his grave because they don't want exactly to can of worms. I think exactly that's exactly exactly what it is. No other, no other explanation. Rebecca and Re Rebecca X Baby Reunions, great show. Thank you, I appreciate it, Rebecca. Good to see you here. Nice picture there. Um, but yeah, and I think uh, you know if you if you haven't seen the movie From Hell. Yeah. It's one of the more courageous movies that's ever made. And I'm convinced the only reason it was allowed to be made was because it was, uh, I kind of can't remember their names, but it's a black brother duo that makes films. And I think they, uh, they, they didn't want to say anything. I, I think that's why, I think if they'd been white, it wouldn't, because it really, it goes deep in it, like making uh, allegations against the Freemasons. And that just usually doesn't happen. Thank you, Molly, for she, she likes the show. Um, so if you watch it, you know, really, it it follows Stephen Knight's. Uh, if you Jack the Ripper, the the final solution was a great book, and, and uh, Stephen Knight had the dramatic sense of timing to die uh, uh, at a very young age after he wrote that book, and then he followed it up. He I think it was published posthumously, The Brotherhood, which was an yeah. expose of Freemasons in England. So. Um, it, it, it kind of is very suitable that he wrote the most controversial book. And if you look at the yeah, Johnny Depp movie, yes, absolutely. When I was watching it in a theater a few weeks after 9-11 mm -hmm. happened when no one was at the theater. That's when From Hell came out. Yeah, it, the Hughes, Hughes brothers it, made it. So, yeah. Well, is it Hughes? Okay. Well, somebody said Riley over here says the Wayans brothers. No, definitely not the Wayans no. brothers. <laughs> Wasn't the Hughes? Is the Hughes brothers? Hey, the Wayans would never put Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't think they'd be. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Yeah. I think you'd be like Adam Sandler putting it out or something. I don't. I don't think they uh, <laughs> yeah. did it. Well, but, Mel Brooks uh, put out the uh, Mel Brooks. It's funny. Mel Brooks put out the Elephant Man or produced it, and people don't know that. So sometimes Adam that can Sandler. happen. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's a, but it's a, one of those. Uh, it's almost like a companion piece to JFK Oliver Stone's because it was very. Yeah, it's very bold because he basically he points the finger right at the royal family. And, uh, you know, there's no, and he talks about Freemason and he shows them being, you know, murderous. Yeah. I mean, it's very, uh, Doug Waters says, yeah, Wayne's brothers, ha ha. Yeah, that, that's pretty funny. <laughs> 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 but, 
But uh, yeah, that that would be yeah. It, maybe it is the Hughes. I'm gonna brothers. get you, sucker, Jack the Ripper. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's not the Fa the Farrelly brothers aren't black, right? The no, Farrelly, the Farrelly, the Farrelly brothers made Dumb and Dumber. Don. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Okay, maybe. It's the Hughes brothers there. Oh, it is. He? Okay. So you got, oh, good. There you go. I, I figured you'd find that. Yeah. So that's the, that's the name of, uh, of the Rum people Hell. that did it, but it's, it's good. And Johnny Depp, that's uh, Johnny Depp made that movie and he made Ed Wood before that. And that's when he became my favorite actor for a while. I, I loved him because he was so good in those two movies and he was it's a shame. Too. He's kind of, you know, or the Amber is what, he, yeah, is what he is in real life. Yeah, 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 but I mean, he's just uh, he's he became he went out stroke. there, yeah, yeah, and he just I don't think he's he's just he was into so many weird characters that I think he Hunter Thompson he can't play anything else at this point, yeah, you know, so he but yeah. he was uh, great, he, he does a great job in that movie, and everybody does really, it's fantastic. So, Tony, we're just if Tony's around, we can we can close it off, we get Tony back in the room at seven o'clock. Great, great show, guys, I'll, I appreciate I'll it. There, yes. Thank you, Tony. I appreciate it. So thanks, everybody, for listening and uh, in Rockfin and on YouTube. We'll be back with you next week at the same time. Thanks, Chris Grays, for coming on. I appreciate it. It's Thank always uh, great. Thank you, sir. It's always a talk to you soon, I'm sure. Thanks, everybody, for listening to I Protest. See you next week. Same bat time, 